Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. That's right. And uh, that five-year part, Bucky, that they just mentioned, <laughs> I'll be, we'll be pulling on that all day. Like, I'm going to be turning to you as the expert all day because I need some help on some things that I've seen so far in this preseason. That's right. Bucky Brooks, Kelvin Washington with you on a Sunday, Sunday morning. How was your weekend so far, brother? It has been all good, man. We got football all weekend. We had a quadruple header on NFL Network, so I fell asleep watching ball. So it was all good. You fell asleep like as in the first 10 minutes, or you fell asleep a couple games in? Which I, one? I, I fell asleep the last game. Because The, the last game I don't remember much. Okay. I don't remember much of the last game. Because you're a former player, do you get excited about preseason? Maybe. Most people most people do, most fans, because it means I'm closer. It's, it's kind of like uh, when you're going back to school and say middle school or high school, like you you start to feel it, and that girl you've been wanting to see all summer, you get closer to it, and <laughs> get that, your school clothes new out. pair of shoes, you've been ready to show everybody. We get excited about it as well. But do football players? Is it even more heightened? Former football players, like okay, this is you know we're getting close to the season. I think you you get excited as it gets closer. You don't get excited for training camp. You don't mm. get excited for the beginning of the preseason games. But now everyone is beginning to get excited because everyone talks about week three of the preseason being the real dress rehearsal, and so you know after week three, it's on and popping. So. I'm a little excited about it. A little excited about it. Well, you said you just watched like 17 games in a row, so that means you're all the excited about it. Hey, <laughs> at Bucky Brooks on Twitter and at KW Live for myself, K-D-U-B-B-L-I-V-E. Lots to get into, a whole lot of football as we get closer to the start of the regular season. But, Bucky, as you know, uh, the big conversation, as always every year, 
uh, right around April, really before it, but then it gets heightened in April is because of the draft. And, of mm-hmm. course, what do we care about most is quarterbacks. Yeah. And so here we are a couple weeks into the preseason, and we'll kind of go over the top four guys because there's some others. There's Lamar Jackson out there, but I think he's, to me, been exactly kind of what we expect. He's going to make a couple of throws, going to be inaccurate, but, boy, is he a highlight waiting to be seen when he, when he uses his feet. So I'll push him to the side. But um, the guys that we've seen so far – I think what's made this preseason interesting, and again, it's preseason, so if you're a fan of a team or a fan of a player, you kind of want to you know, have a little pause there. But these quarterbacks have looked good so far, and I think they've been the big story of the preseason, not only because of just the fact that they're high drafted, highly drafted quarterbacks, but the fact that they've produced. Yeah, I think it's been really interesting to watch all of them have some level of success during the preseason. And we can talk about a preseason not really mattering, but it does matter to when you're looking at the quarterbacks and how they adjust and acclimate to the NFL game. And like to be fair, right now they've been playing against the twos and threes. The twos and threes give them a speed of the game that is very, very sim- similar to like what you see in college. But take nothing away from Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald, Josh Rowland, and even Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. All of those guys have shown the potential that got a lot of people excited leading up to the draft. So let's stay there for a minute. You just mentioned all the guys that I want to talk about. Uh, Baker Mayfield, we'll kind of go guy by guy here this first segment. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 18 of 33 so far, his couple of games, 287 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, let's just kind of grade him. What have you seen from Baker Mayfield, number one pick? A guy that, you know, people can say short. Uh, you know, he had some some issues on and off uh, the the field. To me, weren't really that big. Um, but, you know, just a guy that we kind of said, okay, let, let's see what he can bring in. And he looks good so far to me, but I want to hear you break it down. No, I think he's been I think he's been everything that he displayed at Oklahoma. He's a quick rhythm passer. He's a guy who can get the ball out of his hands. He's extremely accurate, does a great job of throwing pinpoint accurate passes, intermediate, um, even deep, getting the ball to the hands of his playmakers. We've seen the athleticism, the mobility, the elusiveness. He does a really good job of buying time in the pocket and extending plays. And so I think if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, I think you're excited about the things that he's flashed. But I think you also need to realize the guy that's playing ahead of him, Tyrod Taylor, has also looked good. So there's no rush to necessarily put Baker Mayfield on the field. I feel like you just disrespected Tyrod. He keeps changing it. He does. It's been Tyrod for like eight years and it's changed. So I I, I don't know. So did is, you, it, did is, you, is it Tyrod? Did you happen to listen yesterday? I We had this conversation on yesterday, um, Steve Hartman and myself. My name is Kelvin, K-E-L-V-I-N. But I was telling the fellas how – my family, my family, flesh Ke- and blood. Kevin, Kevin. No, no. Well, that's my uncles. Kelvin. All the uncles call me Kevin. Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> Actually, print. I had a principal in high school who could never say my name correctly and could never even say it <laughs> once. He said Kevin, Kevin. Everything. So if I'm walking down the hallway with a hat on, you're not supposed to have a hat. Kevin, Kevin. <laughs> and then my family, Bucky, you're laughing. I'm not laughing. I'm giving you thirty something years of pain. They call me Calvin. Oh, my own flesh and blood from two two seven, Calvin. Exactly. By the way, I just watched that like randomly, <laughs> not too long ago. So I, I feel Tyrod or Tyrod's uh, pain. But and, and with that, you say the same way you just said. Well, he keeps switching it. I think he's dealing with what I've been dealing with, where you're just okay with it. It's Kelvin, Calvin, Kevin. I, I don't really like, but Calvin or Kelvin, it's like all right, I'll let it slide. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's funny that this year is the year that it's come out. He was starting quarterback last year. And we didn't get the pronunciation guide. We didn't get a change. Like, hey, the emphasis. 
Okay. I, why, me, why in Cleveland? Let's dive, let's dive into that. Does he feel like his opening then that LeBron is, is gone? Like maybe he can take over? He, he, wants, he wants a picture on the, on, the, on the office. He wants to make sure everyone gets his name right? You need that dun-dun. You hit me with a law and order right now. <laughs> we got to dive into this. Uh, okay, I think that's a great point you made up. But it could also be because it's a new place. It's, you know, I'm feeling myself. Oh, it's a new regime, new it. chance to start. Because think it. about it. He came into Buffalo. Hey, God, my name's took. Never mind. I don't care. I've already, you know, I'm a young guy. And, and now it's a new place. I get to kind of spread my wings start and start fresh. Brand new. Brand new. Hey, look. New, right new off the year, bat, new me. New <laughs> you. New year, new me. Right off the bat is Tarad. It's Tarad. There you go. Law and order. I appreciate that. Um, okay, but to, to kind of put a button on Baker for me, there's a lot to really get into with the Browns especially. But um, one of the things, as you mentioned, that, that I like, and it's hard, and you played, to me there's some intangibles that you just can't describe. And there's certain guys, I think Andrew Luck, whenever he's healthy, you can actually see this, that a guy who no matter what, he can throw two turnovers and you'll still feel like he's got us. There's something where guys still believe. They don't roll their eyes. They're just yeah. like, I, he still got us. We still believe. And I feel like, and he hasn't had a lot of really interceptions or turnovers right now, but I feel like Baker Mayfield has that thing where players are like, all right, young fella, I want to ride with you. I want to play with you. And to me, that can be understated because if if guys don't buy into that, and, and especially while you're kind of middling and finding your way, it feels, and again, I didn't play, I wasn't in the locker room, but it feels like you can lose a team or lose some guys, maybe lose some veterans. Like, man, this ain't, he ain't the guy. No, I, I think he does have that real factor to him. Some of it is because he has a chip. I mean, two-time walk-on, uh, makes his way to being a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, when you hear his story, when you talk to his teammates, we had a deal where we talked to D.D. Westbrook, and D.D. Westbrook played with him at Oklahoma. D.D. Westbrook had come over from a junior college, and every day Baker Mayfield would pick him up and take him to workouts at 5 a.m. Mm. And so he's a different kind of guy. I think sometimes players in the locker room maybe can view him as a man's man, like an everyday guy. He's relatable. He's not necessarily aloof when it comes to dealing with them. He can get down with them, maybe hangs out with them. Maybe he has a little swag that is a little different than some of the quarterbacks. And become because of that, maybe he's ingratiated himself to his teammates more, which is why they ride for him in that manner. It's really early on a Sunday. Ingratiated? Just that's I mean, I thought I'd give you that one. I thought I'd give you some of that. I like that, but man, I'm just—I mean, I'm still yawning right now. <laughs> I haven't had any Folgers in my cup or anything yet. All right, let's go too to Josh. Soon, uh, Josh Rose. It is too soon. Josh <laughs> Rosen. Uh, speaking, of, you know what? You just talked about uh, aloof. This guy is kind of different. Mm-hmm. Josh Rosen um, can be almost too smart for his own good. He can try, you know, the authority. Mm-hmm. He's kind of—he can mess around and have a jacuzzi in his room. You never know what you're going to get with Josh Rosen. Uh, but what we've gotten so far through a couple of games, Bucky, is 16-29, to 29, 148 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Josh Rosen, one thing we know is, and we've seen, you mentioned it with Baker Mayfield, his mobility. That is not the case with Josh Rosen. If he's able to be in the pocket, he'll have some success. But, man, if you ask him to move, he's got that Tom Brady. I'm going to just get sacked. I'm going to just, <laughs> just, just fall Manning, down. I'm gonna, that Peyton Manning, I'm going to just fall down, touch your boy, let's go to the next play. That's what he does. But I will say this about Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, to me, I felt like was the most – prototypical of all the quarterbacks in the draft. He's the guy that we've seen play the position for the last 25 to 30 years. Clean pocket passer. His fundamentals and footwork are probably as clean as anybody that we've seen in the league in a long time. His biggest deal would be his durability and how would he relate to his coaches. Um, Jim Moore, some of the other guys, had 
some problems with him because he's going to challenge authority in terms of he wants to know the why behind what you're doing. And I think it's sensible having coached against him in high school when he was at St. John's Bosco and I was coaching at Notre Dame High School. Look, dude is talented. And I think what we've seen the first two weeks, first game was a little shaky because he didn't have a lot of protection. Against the New Orleans Saints, he was outstanding. Mm -hmm. Ball came out on time. He has a nice chemistry and connection with Christian Kirk. They dialed up a touchdown, hit a couple other passes. I think he's going to be fine. But once again, he's in another good situation because Sam Bradford is an accurate passer. Sam Bradford can steady the ship until he's ready to play. Uh, You mentioned something. That first game, man, I I like the way he kept his composure. How many low snaps did he get? I mean, he's like 6'6", and they're coming down at his ankles. See, now you're talking about my boy. Daniel Munya, the center, is is – now, that's why you own. didn't call him out. That's why He's you didn't LA's call him out. He's All those LA's low snaps. Own. Yeah, I coached him at high school down the street. So I was trying to give him a pass and not bring that up. But now I got to get a text later from his mom saying, why are you taking a shot at my baby? Well, because put it on could, me. Because he rolls the ball back to the center. Put but it on that, Kevin. But look, Kevin I, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> All those low snaps. I mean, I was I was very impressed with Joshua Dye, you hey. know, kind of throwing a fit. I mean, I give him credit because that game to me showed his composure he never got rattled or flustered when everything was going around. He got hit a lot in that game, kind of stood in there, withstood it. And then the second game against the Saints, everything was much better, and I thought we saw a better product that he put on the field. All right, let's blow through these uh, next couple of ones real quick. And, and if we have to go to the next segment, we will, though. Uh, Sam Darnold, he's 21-29 to 29 right now, 158 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Now, he's kind of been, to me, probably it seems to be, and maybe because it's just New York, but he's been the biggest story when it comes to these young quarterbacks so far. Um Comes in with some hype, comes in with some obviously coming out of SC, Heisman potential, but didn't obviously that didn't pan out. Uh, but now he's in New York where they're thirsty for some success. Uh, even some uh, quarterback controversy there because Teddy Bridgewater yeah, is saying, I've been telling people, Bucket, why are people acting as if he wasn't balling before injury? They've always, always been like tough on Teddy Bridgewater, but he's been a good quarterback. He got his team to the playoffs. He's been a Pro Bowl quarterback. I think he has certainly helped himself by the way he's looked. With Sam Darnold, I think Sam Darnold has been even better than advertised. Some of us thought that he would struggle a little bit because they didn't seemingly have a lot of weapons around him. But he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's making good decisions. He has played really, really well. In fact, I expect him to be the starter when they open the season. I think he is going to be the starter. And I think Josh Allen will also end up being the starter in Buffalo. I think those two young guys will end up being day one starters. You don't want to know how you're a professional? Because you just squeeze in Josh Allen, so therefore we don't him, have to I carry it to the next step. Look at you, man. That was, that was, that's a professional. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. When's the last time you thought you'd carry another segment in talking about the Cleveland Browns? One of the world's biggest athletes, most successful and famous athletes, weighs in on the Browns, and should they des or not to des, we'll discuss next. Kelvin Washington, Bucky Brooks, Fox Sports Radio. Happy Sunday to you. Hopefully it's a uh, Sunday fun day. Bucky Brooks, Kelvin Washington with you again. Bucky Brooks on Twitter and uh, K-Dub Live for myself. We always want to hear from you. And then also if you feel like you need to jump on in, 877-996-6369, on Fox. It's number to get in on this. Uh, of course, Bucky, it's interesting because the laughing stock, well, you could say one of the teams because, unfortunately, my favorite team growing up, the Detroit Lions, have been They've been like a quiet laughing stock. Like we don't. Maybe it's almost like you feel bad for them or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? The more I'm thinking about it, like more people haven't been down on the the Lions as much as they should. I guess even though I do mention that, and people go, "I'm like, hey, I'm a Lions fan." They go, "Sorry to hear that." <laughs> I mean, 
Sorry to hear that. <laughs> or I'll get people say, you know what, man, I really like the Lions. Like, as if they're like hoping for them to finally turn it around. And it almost seems like that's kind of the Browns now, where they're turning into kind of darlings, uh, where people are rooting for them and actually hoping for some success. And somebody is hoping for their success. Now, it makes sense with this particular person because he's from the area and he was the biggest sports figure there ever, even surpassing Jim Brown, yeah. maybe. Yeah. That is King James. Who weighed in on Twitter, Bucky, and talked about it? Uh, Tom Withers, writes for the AP, uh, was talking about his uh, concerns about Des Bryant, and 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 he tweeted that quote: "Can the Browns handle Jarvis Landry and Antonio, Antonio Callaway and Josh Gordon and Des Bryant?" LeBron jumped in on Twitter and said, "Yes, they can, and more. It's time to change the culture, which the head coach, Hugh Jackson, has been doing, and bringing in players that can win games and make plays helped. Why not? Talking about why not bringing all those guys." Uh, then he said, hey, I hear you, LeBron. My concern would be, will everyone buy in and put team first? LeBron then said, that's the conversation that should be had before signing anyone. Doesn't matter who they are, especially when you're trying to change the culture. Team over I all day. So LeBron wants to see Dez join this talented but yet kind of troubled wide receiver group. Uh, Hugh Jackson has recently said uh, when talking about Josh Gordon, he said he never lost trust in him and they're happy that he's back to the team now, of course, dealing with mental health and uh, trying to stay away from, a, you know, and, and battle his addiction. Let's talk about the Browns, man, and that receiving core and Des Bryant. Let's start with Des Bucky. No real signs that he's going to join them, but should he? Is he a guy that you want on that team with that group of guys already? I think it would be a good signing if he if he if they were able to work everything out. I think potentially he would give them a nice number three receiver to complement Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry. I think with Antonio Callaway, he's a bit of a wild card because he's a rookie. You just don't know with rookies if they can sustain a high level of play for the entire season. With Dez Bryant coming over, and look, I've been one of the one big, one of his biggest critics in terms of saying, look, he's not an elite player anymore, but he's still functional. In that environment with Gordon and Landry, I think you can find a nice role for him. And also with Todd Haley, Hugh Jackson, Adam Henry, Alson, man, you have like four guys that are wide receiver gurus all in a room. Ty Haley in particular has done a really good job with bigger, slower receivers, finding ways to create opportunities and in, in situations for them. Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, Terrell Owens, Keyshawn Johnson, the list goes on and on and on. You put Dez Bryant in that room, in that scheme, I think they'll find a way for him to be successful. In terms of all that extra other stuff that he brings, personality, Look, I think if you put all those guys in the room and they all are strong personalities, they all are alphas, I think they will figure out a way to establish the pecking order in the room. This is difficult to me because this is one of those how much will talent you know, weigh in? Because as we know, when you have so much talent, usually the leash is longer. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, Josh Gordon, all the stuff that he's gone through, there's no way he's even remotely in the league sniffing a chance at the league if he's half the player he is, maybe even just one-third less than what he is, or at least talent-wise. Right. We say, man, he's special. He can be special. We know it. Um, and I think with Des Bryant, I'm, I'm torn because you're right for everything you mentioned. There is still something left in the tank when I watch oh, him. Oh, for sure. I think there's still, as mentioned with Todd Haley, he's been able to rejuvenate some careers and even rejuvenate some quarterbacks' careers when you talk about what he was able to do with Ben Roethlisberger. And I know they knocked heads and bumped heads, yes. but you see the success. And I think with Des Bryant – his ability to still you can't you can't he's not going to shrink you know that he's not going to get smaller and i think he can still be that guy that can get you 6 8 touchdowns in the red zone being just big and physical but there's a big but and i think lebron touched on something there bucky when you're talking about culture 
and setting a tone and setting and and, and, and kind of setting this is the way we're going to conduct business here. And, and you've seen it in the first couple of uh, episodes of Hard Knocks. I don't know if I need to bring in a Des Bryant. Now, I've not I've been actually critical of people who've been hard on him because as if he's bringing things off the field. It's generally just too passionate. Maybe, you know, he wants it too bad. It's, he's he's loud. loud. But there's no off the field issues. There's no being pulled over with weed like Callaway was. No, and, no, I mean, he, he, look. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. He just got his car. He didn't even know. He didn't even know that, that there was a roach. Up under the seat. Up from, under the from, seat. From months ago. From months ago. He didn't know. I think he misremembers. He misremembered something. But, okay, that's an off the field, like a real issue. Uh, obviously, we know with Josh Gordon, all the things he's had. So I do think Des Bryant gets a bad rap. But I think when you're trying to set a tone with a young guy like Callaway, who seems to be like he has some special potential, but you're trying to keep his head on straight. And then you got, again, Josh Gordon. You don't know what you're going to get. And then Jarvis Landry, who's actually the opposite, but he's so passionate. You saw it in the first episode. I believe it was the first episode. He's yeah. going crazy on the team. He's like, look, we're changing the culture. We don't want any of that BS around here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you bring in Dez. When you're I guess my point is you're trying to establish it. You always hear in sports, he can come into a winning culture. This guy can join you know, the, the Spurs because they have a winning culture. This guy can join the Warriors. They have a winning culture. This guy can join the Patriots because they have a – when you don't have it, I don't know if I can bring in a guy who could cause some a little bit of dysfunction. I think the bigger thing with Des, do you have coaches that have strong enough personalities to deal with that? And I think with a Todd Haley, with a Hugh Jackson, I think you can manage his personality because they go at him. Part of the issue in Dallas, in my mind, he had guys that were a little lenient when it came to the discipline and really going at him. And Jason Garrett's not a trained no, killer when it comes to that. He's not. And then Derek Dooley, who was his position coach, he wasn't a trained killer when it came to dealing with that. I had an old coach tell me it takes a wolf to coach a wolf. And so if you got someone that can bark, you got to be able to bark back. I think in Cleveland, they have enough coaches that can bark back at Dez and he'll get back in line if he stepped out of line. And also, he's not a star there. They can easily make the contract where, look, it's a low-money contract. If you don't do what we want to do, we can just move on from you. He's no longer that big – money guy That's that true. he was in Dallas where he kind of had the leverage because they couldn't get rid of him because they were paying him so much and it would erect their cap. How do you handle, and you were on teams, you know, five years in the league, how do you handle such a special case like Josh Gordon where now more than ever we are more aware of mental health mm -hmm. issues in the league. We, we Back in sports or any, in any walk of life really, you know, what's wrong with him? That person's crazy, we would say, or that person needs help and we wouldn't really offer the help. Uh, we didn't take care of our mental health like we do our the rest of our body. Um, if anything else is impaired, we would go get. If you twist your ankle, you go get help. You break a leg, you go get help. Mental health, we haven't done it. Now, let's reverse it. You're starting to see in sports where that's changed. You see Kevin Love come out and, mm -hmm. and say, "I had an anxiety attack after a game." And um, he actually had he gave some really some good love to LeBron. He said LeBron came to me after the game after that that, that story came out, looked me dead in my eyes, squeezed my hand, and say, "Man, what you did today." helped a lot of people, not just athletes, a lot of people. And he said, and we need that. So he said he always appreciated LeBron for kind of doing that. But my point is, with, with Josh Gordon, that's kind of difficult to handle because now that it's known, now that it's been addressed, he has addiction issues, he has mental health issues, that's on – you can't just disregard him or toss him now, it seems, mm -hmm. because we're more aware of that. You can't just say, oh, he's injured and we're going to cut him. Like that's – you know, there's a lot of attention on well, that now, so it becomes a special way to handle it. Yeah, I mean, it is a different case, but you – mentioned in the first segment you talked about the more talent you have the more opportunities that you're going to get if you have some transgressions josh gordon is crazy talent 
Josh Gordon came off the street from a two-year absence and almost had a hundred game in his first year practice three days. Like that's the kind of talent that we're talking about. And because Cleveland has seen that talent up close and personal, they're not quite yet ready to move on from him. And also, I think it depends on how he's really handled his treatment, how he's handled making sure that he needs to do all of the things to manage his addiction, to manage the mental health issues that he's going through. And by all accounts, it seems like he's been up front and forthright with the team about dealing with that. I think because of that, that's why Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey and those guys are kind of bringing him back with open arms. It's interesting, man. I was watching, uh, there was a uh, the documentary, I think it's a 30 for 30 on Doc uh Daryl Strawberry and yeah, and Dwight Gooding, and they were just how again ridiculously talented, but had all these off the field issues demons. and and those demons. And then I was thinking, oh, those guys were with the Mets in New York. Who else was in New York at that time with all those demons? Lawrence Taylor. Ooh, man, that, I have a feeling they crossed paths some nights <laughs> that turned into mornings. <laughs> there were some nights that turned into mornings yeah. out there. But I was just watching and thinking, it's we were just talking about how much leeway you get with talent, and I think what also has changed too is the way the media will portray or put out that information now. You had a long night back then. They'll just say, uh, he's not feeling well today. <laughs> Little stomach <laughs> issues. We've all had those, right? As opposed to he's hungover or he's still high from last night. You know, And now it seems you talk about a guy like Josh Gordon and all these other guys, it's, it seems like the way we report, and maybe it's just because it's, it's I want to be the first to get it out there or uh, clickbait. We we almost we look to tear down athletes a bit more, it seems, as opposed to, you know, we're not hiding things anymore. We're not protecting the hero, if you will. Things have definitely changed on, on that end uh, when it comes to covering the athlete, for sure. So uh, hoping the best for Josh Gordon, again, because this is real-life issues. You know, this is stuff yep. that carries even beyond the field. Um, one of the things that players are not happy about right now, and you saw it last night if you watched, and I know you watch all the games. You said you watched all 10 of them yesterday. <laughs> There's a, the new helmet rule. The new helmet, the, you know, using your helmet as a weapon, and and guys are being flagged. And I'm not gonna lie, watching it, I'm getting confused on what you're supposed to do. Was that rule good to change, good for the league? We'll discuss next. Bucky Brooks, Kelvin Washington. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Right now, what's trending in the news? Isaac Lowenkron, what's up, man? Hey, good morning, Kelvin and Bucky. We begin with some good news from Major League Baseball. Cleveland Indians president Chris Antonetti said this morning that outfielder Leonis Martin will be released from the hospital today. Martin's recovering from a bacterial infection that for a time was considered life-threatening at one point, but again, he'll be released from the hospital today. Antonetti said it's beyond a relief. This morning, veteran free agent cornerback Orlando Skandrick signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. NFL Network reports it's a one-year, $1.5 million deal. Skandrick was released on Thursday by Washington. He had played the previous 10 seasons with the Cowboys. And speaking of the Cowboys, Pro Bowl O-lineman Zach Martin reportedly hyperextended his left knee in Saturday's preseason game against the Bengals. He'll have an MRI today to confirm. And finally, longtime Indianapolis Colts radio play-by-play announcer Bob Lamy announced his retirement today after 31 seasons. So let's turn back time right now to one of Lamy's most famous calls, Marlon Jackson's interception of Tom Brady to clinch the AFC Championship game in 2006. Listen. Brady out of the shotgun again. This crowd roaring. Takes the snap. Sets up. Sets up. Throws one over the lane. Intercepted. Marlon Jackson. Marlon's got it. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. 
And the Colts will go on to defeat the Chicago Bears in Super Bowl 41. Kelvin and Bucky, back to you. Yeah, he threw his throat out on that one. Like that was there was no being impartial. He he was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. He was excited about that. Thank you, Isaac. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Um, what'd you say there, Ryan? You said something in my ear there. Oh, that was the tweet. Oh, that was the tweet. Oh, there was a tweet Jim Irsay said earlier that we're losing a legend today. More news to come. We were debating who could it be. I said, <laughs> Robert Mathis Jr., he ain't, he ain't still playing. He ain't still sacking quarterbacks, right? I'm like, who else do the Colts have that's a legend that could be retiring? And we thought Adam Vinatieri. That's what we were thinking? Yeah, that was it. I, I mean, I couldn't think. We couldn't think anybody. Irsay probably thinks about. Peyton Manning's still on the team. Yeah, man. That guy. Man, is he still wearing, like, bedazzled jeans, Irsay? <laughs> I'm just saying, man, that dude, that dude, that's an interesting dude over there, man. And 31 years with, with you talk about obviously being here in LA, Vince Scully, what did he do? 68 years, I believe, something like that with the Dodgers. I mean, my goodness, my my stepfather has been working, he's from Detroit, you know, the plant in Detroit, working, you know, for the big three. 48 years at one job. Man. 48 years. What's the longest you ever stayed at a job? Was it the NFL five years? Mm. Long Did you have a job when you were a kid? Job. Long as I've ever stayed at a job, league-wise, no. Um, shoot, I think working in media right now, NFL.com is probably the longest, like eight years. Eight years? That's long nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays they look down on you. Like if if you went for an interview somewhere and you're like, and I've been with this company for ten years, they'd be like, why? Are you not ambitious? What's, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Are you not a go-getter? Do you not want to leave? Do you not trying to advance and grow your career? Um. So, Bucky, I want to get into honestly. This is this is this is confusing. And you played. You even played on the defensive side. You played on the offensive side. Help me out here. This new NFL helmet rule. What I've seen so far in the in the preseason, and I get it. It's the preseason, and and I, I know maybe refs are trying to you know get it out there so guys understand. But man, there was a play when the Jags Vikings game uh, last night that I genuinely don't know what a defender is supposed to do. Like, I've tweeted out after I saw that. I said, let's just put flags on them and everybody play flag football. Because it was the most normal, mundane, regular tackle you'll ever see, and yet he was flagged for it. It, it It's really crazy right now. And I know they're trying to rein it in, trying to police it hard, to try and get everyone to make changes, trying to get coaches to make sure that they're teaching the proper techniques. But, man, football is fast. Football is violent. Um, as much as you want to make it a sport where you don't have the head involved, sometimes when you go to make a tackle and you're trying to wrap somebody up, your head inadvertently makes contact. Now, the obvious spearing calls, the obvious battering ram plays, look, we can see those and get those out. But some of these plays are regular rugby tackles. And sometimes you have to go, as they say, like head across the bow, trying to get your body in front of an def- uh, offensive player or ball carrier to slow them down. They're calling those. So now I have no idea how you teach anyone to tackle. But I do know this. Points are going to go up like crazy in this year's league because you can't play defense. If you can't play defense on offense, you want to throw the ball all over the yard because you can get big plays down the middle of the field or you can get penalties that add to big plays. Both of them end up meaning more points. So what you're saying is it is now the Arena Football League. 
Oh, bet on the over. It, the Kurt Warner is about to lace him back up. Kurt right. Warner is about to say, let me get back in the league. Bet on you know, the over. You know what? But you, you mentioned that. And, and I know in all sports, generally, you hear it right now, people having this conversation in baseball. Uh, you see it happening with the NBA. People are questioning, you know, with the way the Warriors and other teams are playing now, shooting all these threes and scoring more points. And, you know, are these things good for, for the sport? And I understand more offense, more scoring is entertaining. But I would say football is that rare sport where – Maybe for if you want to go majority of its history, the defense has been more the the calling card. Like the the big hits, the you know the hard nose, the big tackles. I mean, like in basketball, yes, we all love defenders, but like nobody's necessarily signing up to go see Dikembe Mutombo. You know, in his prime, like you you enjoyed it, you appreciated it, and you wanted that guy on your team, but you did want to see offense. You want to see Magic, Showtime, and Bird and those Celtics, and obviously Michael Jordan. So, but in the NFL, man, I think. You can't forget defense is a large part of the success of the league, and it's a large part of what people want to see. Again, I know offense and fantasy points and all that, but there's still a high regard for defense. So I don't get how they want to just pretty much eliminate defense. And when you signed up, when you signed up, you, Bucky, I'm talking to you specifically, you knew what you were getting into when you were playing football. And again, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. we're not saying illegal hits and you're you know trying to take guys' heads off just because. But at some point, I got to dislodge the ball. I got to make him drop the ball. I got to make this guy not want to come across here anymore, right? Yeah, you have to. I mean, like, that's the way the game has always been played. And I know what we're trying to do is clean it up and make it safer for all the kids and everyone that's playing around. Because what you have at play is you have a a mom issue and maybe a dad issue in terms of they don't want to put their kids out there when they think that, oh, man, this is dangerous. I'm not going to play him at 7, 8, 9, 10 years old because I'm worried about – Will they be able to play? Will it mess up what they potentially want to do down the line? And so the horror stories are preventing uh, some of the numbers when it comes to participation that we're used to. And so they're trying to clean it up so we can say, look, this is a safe game. This is a game that has so many benefits. Look at us. Look at what we're doing. But I think it's hard to do that because the game inherently has some risks that you can't legislate out of it. You know what I want from the NFL? And I think I think people would even kind of be okay with moving forward. I just want the NFL to tell the truth. <laughs> no, for real. Like you know, you know why you you know why your your crazy uncle is the one who can come into Thanksgiving late, drunk, and just whatever, and cut somebody out. We all just go, oh, that's just crazy uncle, because he tells the truth. He is who he is. You like it, love it, or hate it. That's who he is. I think the NFL could needs to be like a little like your crazy uncle, and just kind of come in like, look, football is violent. Football, yes, it has caused CTE for some players. Yes. Here's the other side of that. We pay pretty well compared to the average jobs in the world. We pay pretty well. There's a lot of glory and a lot of perks. Like, just be upfront with it. And where I'm going with this is then we'll be more okay with the inherent violence. Because at that point, you'll say, hey, you want to do this. You know everything that's out there, right? When you mm-hmm. got, when we all go uh, do some fun activities, like when you go, I don't know, making up stuff, rock climbing or skydiving, you, they, they show everything that can happen, right? Hey, there's what can happen. Here's mm-hmm. what happened. Even with cigarettes now, hey, here's what you can cause. Probably going to cause cancer, but smoke away if you want. You know getting into it. And I think if the NFL just made everything abundantly clear, then we as fans with a good conscience can say, hey, I'm watching it. It's violent. That guy might get jacked up. He's probably going to limp when he walks after his career. But I'm he signed up for it. He knows everything, and I'm okay with that. Don't lie about the CTE. Don't lie about that. And I think that at least we could watch it a bit differently. Because I'll be honest with you. Ten years ago, you're watching guys, remember that, 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 that jacked up segment? We all watch it, and you're like, oh, guys are getting laid out. Straight. Everybody's getting knocked down. We loved it. Remember those old VHS tapes that you went around? You still like it, though, right? 
I promise you, I'm being dead honest with you. When I watch a guy get laid out now, every single time I go, oh, man. And I immediately go, dang, dude, if he takes a few of these. Okay, my question, my question is. And, and hold on, I, maybe because you play, you think differently. But that's oh, how, right. when I watch these guys get laid out now, I go, oh, ooh, that's not, ooh. I was going to ask you, do you feel the same way when you watch an MMA fight? A boxing match? Are you sympathetic to those guys in the ring when they're going at it? Boxing so much, I think more because the history's longer. So we've we've I've raised my hand. I've interviewed guys who are unfortunately still boxing. I won't name names. Oh, I mean, it's it's, it's obvious to hear them after the fight. And they're just you know, you'll call them. You will have hey, he's calling in right now. How's it been? What's going on? And how's it so come sympathize? You're like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm being it's funny, but I'm I'm it's sad. Because I'm it's sad because I'm like, man, your promoter, your people are still letting you fight. I'm telling you, I've had interviews with people where they're, I was, you know, I was, you goes, wait, I'm sorry, what was the question? And they have asked me, what was the question again? And I'm like, man. But the whole point of me on the interview, book, Bucky, is because he's got a fight this weekend. Yeah. No, stop fighting. So, yes, I've had those thoughts with boxing as well, especially as you see guys later in their career. But it, but right now, let's be honest, the hot button topic is more along, it's more with the NFL. So everything, I think about it. Everything. Are you football. are you NFL biasing me right now? I'm just saying everything. I feel like everybody points to football. It, 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 it's the culprit. It has everything. Everything that is around football is supposedly bad. And I feel like there's been a bit of an attack on the league and from so many different peoples with so many different agendas that I just think it's hard. Look, I understand it. Like football is a violent game, but there's so many benefits to playing it. And I think when you're watching the games on Sundays, look, you understand. There's a level of violence that goes with it, but we also watch it because we love the violence. We love the physicality and the, t- the, the toughness that comes along with you, it because it is a gladiator. Do you sport. have children? Yeah. Okay. No, I, they don't no, play. No, no, no. Don't answer that. <laughs> On, I want you to answer this on the other side. A, w- can they play? Would you want them to play? And knowing everything you know now and seeing everything that has happened and we've seen the tragedies, guys like Junior Seau, would you do it again? That's what I want to know. Would you risk it all and do it again? Answer that for me on the other side, Bucky Brooks. Kelvin Washington with you. What me uh, Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Bucky Brooks, Kelvin Washington from the Geico Studios, where, of course, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Step your game up. All right, Bucky, we got to get back to this, man. I ask a lot of players this. We've had all the documentaries now. We even had a movie starring one of the world's biggest movie stars, Will Smith, called Concussion, where he played Dr. Amulu. If I said that correctly, um, I, I know I didn't say it correctly, <laughs> but if I wouldn't have said I didn't say it correctly, no one else would have known. Um We've, we've on a serious though. We've had these conversations now, and again, you have guys who have taken their lives, and we've had guys who are going through struggles right now. We've all the reports with CTE, and I don't want to make it. And I, and I will say, like you were mentioning earlier, when you brought up other contact sports, you talk about boxing, UFC, and whatnot, and they've even have reports about soccer having a lot of concussion issues because of uh you know the headbutts, and I mean you know uh, using their head so much. Um, so but it is a serious thing, and, and there is it seems to be that there's a connection between. Hard hits, football hits, and CTE. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, let's use him for an example. Mm-hmm. At the, when he, after his death, they then uh, looked at his brain and come to find out he has the worst case of CTE they had seen in a young in someone that young. So, you know, again, there's a correlation. But I'm always shocked when we have this conversation with former NFL players 
who know all this information, have seen this, have even known guys who have maybe taken their lives or who are going through some personal struggles. And I asked him this question. Knowing everything you know, would you hop in that DeLorean and would you do it all over again? And your answer to that is? Yeah, I'll sign up right away. Exactly. I'll sign up and start doing it again from the time I was seven. I would play without hesitation. I would play it all over again. Why? Because I love it. There's nothing else that's like it. Not only from the exhilaration of kind of being in the Coliseum as a gladiator, but I just love from the time I started playing at like seven, I love scoring touchdowns. I love being chased. I love the potential of like, yeah, you can get hit or whatever. But for me, I was more excited about the possibility of putting the ball in the paint and scoring touchdowns. I was fascinated by it. I was obsessed with it. And so for me, I've always loved it. I like, I love the game. I would come home from church and sit in front of NFL games. A lot of what I thought about football was shaped from like Brent Musburger and watching NFL Today and all those other things. So for me, I've always had a love affair with the game. And so that's why I would want to play it. Now, when it comes to, look, I got two kids. My, my son is 14. My son plays baseball and basketball. He never really got into football. And I never was the type that was going to push him. He did flag football and all that other stuff. But when it came time to, hey, do you want to do this or not? He was like, ah, I don't know. I was like, look, if you're not all the way in, football is not for you. That's a great point. But, you know, if he wanted to, I would do it. Now, would I probably cringe a little bit? Maybe because the thing about me playing football is I felt like I could control some of the things that happened. When it's your kid playing, you don't have control over what takes place on the field. And would it pain me if I saw him get hurt or whatever? Like, yeah, so I do feel better that he's not participating in it, but I coach it. I coach high school ball. I love seeing my players. I know what they get out of it. So to me, I think it's a great game. Look, if it's taught and coached and played the right way, I think it has just as many risks as we can talk about soccer and some of the other things. It just has to be coached and played the right way. And that's where, again, going back to this helmet rule, that is one of the things that why you have these types of rules so that the NFL, for us fans, we watch these rules and we go, oh, this is, come on, man, this ain't even football. This is the, How are you going to take the hard hits out? Or how, how's the guy supposed to tackle? But then when you look back and you mentioned something, football has to kind of think about it, and if they're smart, they're doing this at least, and they have not been smart at times. Yep. But you're thinking about it ain't just us now. Mm-hmm. And so if I can start teaching these young guys, if we can start teaching these 10-year-olds, you mentioned 7-year-olds, you know, these peewee leagues to, 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 to high school, to JV leagues and all that, if I can start teaching them now, then that will become the norm for them when they're in college and when they're in hopefully the pros for some of them. You know, that, that was just that's just how you play football. So gone are the days of the reckless tackles and the – and the hurt, you know, hurting guys on purpose, and or not that you're not trying to hurt guys, but you know what I mean. No, the, but the illegal hits. Uh, you start to train them up early, so that by the time they're older, it's the norm. It's what to be ex- expected. Yeah, absolutely. You have to train them up, and I think there are a bunch of different avenues that uh, young people can get into football without playing, like contact or tackle football. Flag football is a great uh, avenue for guys to get involved. I mean, when you think about young kids getting in. For a lot of guys, unless you're a big guy that's destined to play offensive or defensive line, a lot of the same skills that uh, you learn from playing flag football, they carry over and translate to tackle football when you're later in your years and you can begin to participate in tackle football. Um, When you think about seven-on-seven, there's been an explosion, particularly out here in Southern California. You can do all those things. So there are a bunch of different ways to get young people involved to protect them while also fostering the love for the game. I got to admit, I'm always shocked, though, when I ask this to to former players. In fact, I don't think I've had – a single player say they would like they would do it differently. 
No. You know what I mean? I mean, no. I, I've said across many guys, we've had the same conversation. And oftentimes when you have these conversations, it's when big news is broke. You know, this has yeah. happened. Aaron Hernandez and Junior Seau. And they look at you and they're like, man, that's sad and it's tragic. And I knew that guy or I, I feel bad for the family. But if I had a shot, I'd do it all over again. So it's interesting. Uh, speaking of doing it all over again, will Urban Meyer come back and do it all over again this season for Ohio State? We'll talk about it next. Yo, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I feel like they disrespected my high school championship in basketball, okay? Oh, you want a high school okay. championship? I'm who? just saying, and, 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 and yeah, you know they could have said that. You know, they what, say, what, what kind they of just said, what kind of championship? Like a like a league championship or no, state, state state championship? What we division? beat you know Jason Richardson, NBA high, yeah. high flying. We yeah. beat his team. Saginaw Arthur Hills is where he went. Ann Arbor Pioneer for myself. I mean, you know, I'm just saying they throwing out five year, <laughs> you know, NFL veteran for yourself. I can't get a high school state championship out of you guys. Can't do it. Who cut? Who cuts those? They could have put Kevin, so that's a good thing, right? Oh, you better go eat some grass. You vegan, you? Are you Love, vegan? You look like you might be a vegan. No, type, I ain't vegan. no. Okay, no. I'm just making sure. No, because you know you eating. you post NFL players that live in LA. Y'all start getting a little different out of here. Man. <laughs> y'all start getting a little different. Y'all start doing. Yo, I mean, fact, I might I might embrace a little kale salad every now and then, a okay. little shot of wheatgrass. Yeah, a little I'm something. Not mad at that. Trying, trying to stay around. I'm trying I'm to be not, forever. I'm not mad at that at all. Trying to live my best life. What that, I, that's what we, that's what we're all trying to do. Out clearly, here in LA. we are. Well, clearly, when we pulled up, by the way, uh. Whatever time, so we pulled around eight something. That must be hot yoga time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. in the world? Now, wonder all of y'all be getting here early. <laughs> I, I get it now. Is everybody in that room single? I see why y'all showing up. Now you get it. Now you, they're showing up on days off. Yeah, yeah. Half, half of you in that room aren't even supposed to be here right now. I'm not even on the clock. Exactly. <laughs> just, just here because you like wheat, wheat, grass, and and hot yoga chicks. I see what you're doing over here, man. All right, uh, Buck, we got a lot to get into, but of course, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Bucky Brooks on Twitter, K-Dub Live for myself because I couldn't get Calvin Washington because the N, I can, in Twitter I can get Calvin Washington all the way Ooh. to the O, couldn't Ooh. get the N. And then on uh, Instagram, there is a Calvin Washington who's had it for uh, for some years now, and he just posted one picture like four years ago. He got you. And I'm so mad. He's squatting on it. One, he's just super squatting on it. Picture <laughs> in a tank top with a towel around his neck. Like he looks like it's like a spring break look. <laughs> so mad. I put on his page, I say, yo, man, 50 bucks for the name. Nah, player. Nah. He waiting for you to blow but up. I think, he waiting I for think you to really, really, he really, really, is. really, he really blow is. up. And then he's going to be like, man, 50,000. I'm like, you know, K Dub Live has worked for me so far. We'll just roll with that. Hey, hit us up there. All right. So this is, uh, we're expected at some point. To get some news from Ohio State, obviously, you know what's going on right now. Paid leave for Urban Meyer. And this uh, Zach Smith, has, he was, of course, let go. But now he's come out and he said that he told Urban Meyer about the allegations of uh, physical and domestic violence, uh, physical abuse. His wife, Courtney Smith, has come out and said that Urban Meyer knows and that she's told kind of a circle of wives uh, via text message about those things. And, and then all of a sudden we get this report about mm. him and – Sex toys coming to campus um, and, and sexting wow, and boy. sending out wild boy and using uh, had presidential tiles with the, the seal of the Oval Office and, and all this craziness going on. So this story just continues to get wilder and wilder. But, Bucky, I come to you and I, I ask you, Ohio State, Urban Meyer, obviously a lot of success, uh, national championship, and, and clear he's been one of the best coaches the last 15, 20 years. Um, but 
We are in the Me Too movement right now, and it's Time's Up movement, and we're becoming very aware of certain things. I talked about uh, awareness of mental health now, and and now, of course, domestic violence. And he changed his statement. Initially said he didn't know about this. Then he came out and said, well, I mean, I knew, and I went through the proper protocols. If to kind of say, by the way, to the president and everybody else, if I go down, y'all going down. <laughs> um where do you come out on this with Urban Meyer? I mean, here we are a couple of weeks from from actual college football mattering. Will he be coaching week one? Oh no, I don't I don't think he'd be coaching week one. I think I think Ohio State is in a tough situation because they love what he's been able to do to the football program. They love that he's been able to put it back up there, one of the marquee programs in football. You've seen uh, the championships, you've seen them be on the big stage, you've seen the number of NFL players that have come out of the program. They don't want to lose that. I think we may be looking at a situation where maybe they give him kind of the Sean Payton treatment. Maybe they make Urban Meyer go away for maybe a year. Maybe he goes away for a year, Mm. then comes back. But I don't think they want to let him go because this is what we do know. Despite the allegations, despite the ugliness that is clouded around the program now because Zach Smith and because Urban Meyer knew whatever he knew, someone else will hire Urban Meyer. And we've seen Urban Meyer has a track record for being successful. And so if you're Ohio State, you want to do everything in your power to retain him, they will try and find a way to kind of serve both masters. I think he may get suspended, but I think he'll continue to be the, the head of the program. This one's difficult to me because it's not like something um, that was happening with his team. You know, uh, this player's out here doing this, this player. I mean, I know his coach, he's part of this coaching staff, but what I mean is, allegations like what do you do if someone alleges things you don't know how does it if he I mean obviously he says he did the proper protocol but assuming he didn't I mean what's the level of a allegation or rumor where you have to then take action um you know and it it becomes is it I heard it once is it I heard it I heard it from the right like from directly from the wife is it just kind of through the grapevine I mean it, it is a bit difficult when it comes to that but what we have known for years and what we have seen in college sports, and this goes from the NCAA as a whole mm-hmm. down to team uh, school presidents, down to coaches, they will hide some stuff in order to be successful. Penn State will ignore what Jerry Sandusky was doing because he's great at be calling defensive plays. You know, uh, we will ignore if you want to even go with the the most recent with all the women gymnasts and the Olympic Committee and how they were ignoring these issues with the Michigan State uh, at Michigan State and how they were saying, hey, this doctor is doing these things to me. Something doesn't seem right about that. Oh, no, no, that's normal, and that's just the process, and that's the procedure. We will ignore things, yet we expect it, and then all of a sudden we'll, we'll, the NCAA will turn around and say, no, these college athletes can't do this or can't do that. We're protecting them. They're college students. That's what matters. They're amateurs. But they will ignore so many other things that go on. Louisville with Coach Patino and yeah. all of that. So. It becomes very frustrating, the hypocrisy, when it comes to the NCAA. But I think you'll see a scenario, Bucky, where Urban Meyer will be suspended for two games. What is it? It's Rutgers, then Oregon State. Those are the first two games. The first one that really will matter is TCU, the third week. So I can see a scenario, we're upset. This is ridiculous. We don't. We can't believe he did this. You're suspended for two weeks. Because we should be able to beat those teams. Yeah, but what's the reaction going to be like if they only give them two games? If they only give them two games based on how long they've sat on it, you would think that it would have to be more because, like, if you're going to do that, they could have done that early and made the story go away. But now you had this long investigation. You would think that it has to be more severe to kind of appease the other side, the people that are calling for it. I just think it would be tough. 
All right, can I give you another week then? They play Tulane the week after TCU. So can I give you four weeks then? See now a month, a month, a month, a month. A month. People are like, oh man, that's 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 pretty significant. You can, you should be able to win those games if you're Ohio State. Your coaching staff, who's been up under you long enough to be able to adapt what you want and, and know the system, they should be able to coach their way through four games. You win them all, or you go three and one, say something, and you stumble up against TCU. But if that's a if that ends up being a good loss, it won't maybe it won't hurt you in the long run. Um, but I think the one thing that helps Ohio State in this case is at least the the, the seemingness of murky. It's it, I don't know exactly. He say she say. Well, the the wife has come out and said it, but then other people, including her own mother, have said that this could be a revenge attempt and and, and kind of making it cloudy. So that could benefit, obviously, uh, Ohio State, where you can say, look, we did our investigation, and to be quite honest with you, it's just nothing's known, nothing's definitive, so we don't want to suspend a man or not pay a man for something that's not definitive. Yeah, I think the one thing, though, with Urban, um, he'll have to be culpable and responsible for some of the things because Zach Smith's history goes back to their time together in Florida and some of the other stuff, and then we talk about the wild boy behavior. Yeah, You can't have stuff. Sent you can't have sent stuff. What I I, I don't right. get how you have it sent, right. <laughs> sent I, to I the a, school. I ain't now, got a PO box. I, I got to send it. So I can't send it to the crib. What, where, true. Where am I sending it? Can you send it on the road? <laughs> like we already know the schedule. Ooh, I need my fix. What I'm gonna do is send it to Tulane. I'm gonna send this to the the the, the Marriott in Tulane. I'm gonna call and it. I'm gonna call it a whole bunch of Tulane tape. It's what it's gonna be. <laughs> we're getting ready for Tulane. I need some. Uh, we're getting ready. I need all the scouting tape. Wink, wink. That's what's in the box. Yeah, the I school. Mean, I mean, right. Where anybody can open. It. Oh shoot, let me open this for coach. You know what? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Can you imagine Whoa. that when that person opened that? <laughs> oh, cool. This should be the scouting tape I ordered for for coach. <laughs> these should be the new the new uh, kicks, the new cleats that I ordered. Oh yeah, these are the new kicking tees. The new yeah, kicking the new tees. tees in the oh oh oh. oh. These ain't these ain't these ain't the kicking tees. <laughs> Man. Can you can you imagine that? You got, uh, knock knock knock. Hey, who is it? Uh, hey, uh, coach, it's me, uh, the young assistant guy, <laughs> the graduate assistant. Graduate assistant. Hey, hey uh, what, what do you want? Um, the box came. The <laughs> box of kicking tees. Nah, the other box. <laughs> we we want to put the box in. Where coach. you want me to put the box? <laughs> they weren't the right tackling dummies. That <laughs> no, they that's were the wrong about. tackling dummy. The, the wrong box. That's coach. The, that's the, I like that one. That's the wrong tackling dummy. <laughs> coach, what are you tackling nowadays? <laughs> You clearly ain't tackling things at home because what is going on here? <laughs> it's unbelievable. All right. That's Na- just out of line. Nasty, but, but nasty so again, Nelson. That nasty, nasty Nelson. Nasty Nelson. That's, that's what the GA said. You, you nasty. Pervis the pervert. <laughs> um, what what exactly was going to happen? Hopefully we'll find out uh, some news. Again, Ohio State expected to release some news here soon today. So if it happens while we're on another well, a little short of a couple hours, we'll let you know. Um, social media, when did you officially get out of the league? Ooh, 1999. All right, we started with a 19. So already I know social media <laughs> didn't exist. You started with a 19. Social media is causing uh, some drama this summer. Some some liking and commenting on other players' wives' pictures. Oh, that's, that's a no-no. Superstars in the NBA going at fans. This just happened again in the last 48 hours. We'll tell you who next. Bucky Brooks, Kelvin Washington, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So go check it out. Bucky Brooks, Kelvin Washington with you on a Sunday. I hope it is a fun day. Get out there and uh, 
Hopefully she's not listening, as we were talking about earlier. Bucky, I'm trying to hit the links, but I've been gone. I was in New York for most of the week last week, uh, away from the wife and kid, and the wife is pregnant, so I mean, maybe I need to get my priorities straight and spend some time, but I'm trying to get out there, man. I'm trying to get my swing together. Willard's supposed to help me, but uh, you know how that goes. Trying to find that way out. That little, you know, <laughs> without upsetting home. It's going to be tough on you now. It's going to yeah. be tough. You've been gone. Little girl. I know. I know. Wife is pregnant. Oof. Yeah. It's a lot. Trying, so you, to get, trying to get something in today. So, so you're telling me it's not happening. Oof. I mean, it, it might happen, but. It I'm going to try to incorporate the whole family in something. Like, we'll, I mean, maybe like, I mean. Like two birds and one stone. Like, we'll go here with the family. We'll do some fun stuff. And then I'll just say, hey, you guys go home. I'm going to go hit, you know, do a mm. quick nine. And then it's I'll Uber have, back. It's going to have to be a quick, I mean, a quick nine. Like, y'all can't do a whole lot of talking. No, not a lot of socializing. Well, I don't want to. I think, I think I'll be talked out by the time you and I get done with this show. I think I'll be talked <laughs> out. And that's a lot of talking <laughs> in my life. All right. So, my, you know what? This is, this is going to be fun here. Because one thing we know now in sports and even in what we do for a living is that Ever so often, whatever, every uh, month or so, every couple of months, we're going to get a great social media story that involves an athlete. So I'm going to, I had, it's so funny when I'm, you know, you're planning for the show. I had one initially. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll kind of talk this way. But then that got trumped by, well, no pun intended, that got trumped by Jimmy <laughs> Butler. So Jimmy Butler, we all know him now with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Most of his uh, career was with the Bulls. And he was once a teammate with one. Soon to be Hall of Famer, Dwayne Wade. Ooh. They were both on the Bulls at the same time. Do you guys know who Dwayne Wade's wife is? Anybody? Anybody? Look, 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 Gabrielle look, Union, the beautiful Gabrielle Union, wonderful actress. Well, she recently put a picture. I'm not going to lie. I follow her on the gram, and uh, I didn't know what to do myself. I'm flicking. I'm twirling. I'm going down. I'm going down. And then I was like, oh, Gabby, there's a picture of her. She's all wet, and she's got on like a black, looks like a bathing suit, but it's like Obviously, it's a bathing suit, so it's form-fitting, and things are visible. It's just a lot going on, if you know what I mean. And so I was like, oh, that's how I felt. <laughs> immediately, I just screamed like that, like immediately. Like, my daughter was like, what? I was like, nothing, baby. Uh, bubble guppies. Bubble guppies are on. <laughs> well, Jimmy Butler happened to uh, like the pic and left a comment. Bucky? Oh, a comment? He did. Ooh. He put, and does it matter, guys? Does it matter? Does it matter? If he just put this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what he said, and then I'm going to tell you how he did it. He said, well, damn. But he put it in all caps mm. as if to emphasize, well, damn. Now, this is his former teammate. This is a guy he knows. I think they both went to Marquette, so I'm sure there's some, you know, some, some alum history there. Mm. I mean, you're just violating all kinds of codes. So <laughs> Just all kinds of so, stuff that you're not supposed to do. Then he posts a picture himself on the gram, and D-Wade commented under that picture. And he said, put well damn in caps on my wife photo again, and you're going to see what the good, the bad, and the ugly is like. Because on uh, Jimmy Butler's post, he said the good, the bad, the ugly. So, oh, we, oh, we need to get into this. What are the rules, <laughs> oh. what are the rules of engagement when it comes I mean, to former mm, teammates? Mm, wives? I mean, we know mm. clearly you don't want to talk to Matt Barnes' former wife because we saw Derek Fisher took a two-piece in the biscuit. Mm. Yeah. we. I mean, there's certain things that you can't do. But there's just certain things that you can't. You I need just the, I need the locker room code. You buddy. just you just are not supposed to. One, you're not supposed to shoot at like a guy's wife, even if it's an ex-wife. You're still kind of supposed to like eh, steer okay. clear. That's that's not it. 
But now in these times, when it comes to the social stuff, man, you can't you can't you can't be looking at my lady too hard. You can't you can't you can't now. Be, you can't be double tapping <laughs> on her Instagram stuff. You can't be sending her DMs. I mean, there's, me, certain, okay, there's a do. level of protocol. Like you just can't do that. And in that case, not only did they play together, they're alums. I mean, violations all over. I mean, penalty flags everywhere. Everywhere. Right? That's when you see something in the NFL and they just five flags come out the blue. <laughs> now, okay, let me let me Johnny Cochran this. Let me Johnny Cochran this. She, I knew her before I knew you, Dwayne Wade, because she's been famous longer. You know, she was an actress. She's been in, well, it was a step up, step your game up. What was the name of it? Step it up, whatever. Um, she's been in several movies. Oh, they found the picture. See, they're looking at the picture. Um, <laughs> She posted this. Bring it on. She, bring, bring it on. on. Bring it 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 on. She's been around for a long time before I knew her, Dwayne Wade. She's famous. She's beautiful. She's an actress. And I happen to follow her on Instagram. And I didn't tell her to post this amazingly beautiful, sexy photo. I just, you know, I just I mean, going through. I'm trying to Johnny Cochran this for Jimmy Butler. It's hard. It's taking everything I have. Because he could say, he like, Jimmy Butler could say, hey, guard your girl. Oh. He could say, like, she didn't have to let the comments be be out there. She could have turned the comments she off. She could have turned the comments off. That's a good she point. She could have put the post out there and just let it just let it marinate for everybody. Or but she could have yeah. not posted. The Period. Point. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see Jimmy Butler's point. Like, hey, man, she girl, not me. Like, she put it out there for public consumption. I'm in the public. There are other comments. Look, why are you mad at I, me? I... I God, you know, bless the dead. I'm Johnny Cochran right now, and he paid me a lot of money to defend him. So I'm trying my best, but I'm be honest with you. This is hard, brother. This is hard because he could have. There's, there's, this is going to go down the degrees of this. He could have, obviously, he would have seen it, right? That's first degree because he saw it because she posted. Okay, cool. He could have stared at it for two minutes. No one on earth would have ever known. He could have just stared at it, mm, 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 mm. and then continued scrolling. That's number one. Number two, okay, fine. You double tap because that's just what we do. You know, mm-hmm. he double tapped a funny quote. He double tapped a meme. He double tapped Gabriel Union. He double tapped a basketball highlight. He just he double tapped. That's what he's doing on his day off. That's another thing he could have done. Yeah. But I will agree with Dwayne Wade. You did not have to go. You are a you are an NBA star. You did not have to go out of your way to type under it and then let alone say, well, damn, and then let alone put it in all caps. No. To me, that's where it went bad. If he would have mm-hmm. if he would have double tapped it. I would have been like, mm. I mean, I guess po- pictures are there to be liked. Pictures are there to be liked. It's tough. I'm a little, it burns a little bit, but I'll let it slide. It's tough, though. It's tough. So now that's why I need to know the levels of this. And then we have guys like Kevin Durant who we already know, his troll game. Uh, I was going to say it was on 100, but it was really on like 50 because he got caught with burner accounts. So I can't say it's on 100. Now, but see, it- like, here's the thing about the burner accounts. Like, I think all the young people have what they call fenced accounts. Okay. Little fake Instagram account. So what they do is they have a public persona where they're doing all the nice stuff. When you have teenagers, you see when your daughter's a teenager. Okay. Like, you got to be on it. Like what they have a thing that every everybody's like, hey, I'm good. Uh, this, the and PC that. Look one. this is the I'm PC in, one. I'm in the library, but then they got that <laughs> real one that oh. that only that only their peers are able to kind of be a part of. So so, so they have multiple accounts. So Kevin Durant is like the young people, except. Normally, you don't let the public know that you have a fenced account. You just have to keep it tight, keep your circle tight. See, now, now I'm gonna have to have a fenced in or a fake account just to fake my daughter out. Yeah, you, this you is this like it. six degrees. Separate. This is getting confusing. It's like in the movie Inception. <laughs> okay, it's like a dream and a dream and a dream. And I'm gonna have that account after an account after an account. This is getting confusing. 
Now, where are we, guys? You guys can hop in on this. Where are we with our athletes and responding to Twitter? So you mentioned, I mean, we talked about Kevin Durant and the troll. So Kevin Durant used that so he can get back at guys. Uh, you know, you got the Colangelo, Brian Colangelo, was it his wife? We don't know. It's, it, you know, making accounts so you can get back at people who are talking badly about her husband or talking badly about him or talking badly about Kevin Durant. Carmelo Anthony does this annually as well. He'll just start going ham on people. And Carmelo Anthony did it again now with the, the Houston Rockets, and he's excited. And so someone made a post, you know, one of those guys who creates a – it was Rockets Today. So one of those guys who creates a, a page about a team he loves, and all of a sudden he gets a bunch of followers because my man has 16,000 followers. He posts a picture – it's actually a pretty cool-looking picture – of LeBron in a Rockets uniform and basically saying, shouldn't we have gone after LeBron more – or are you okay with Carmelo? Now, first of all, that's a loaded question as is. Who doesn't want LeBron as opposed to Carmelo, right? I mean, come on. You already you already have pissed off your face, like who, who yeah, you follow. Because, true. of course, we would have rather had LeBron. But people are going in. Of course, they're making all like, LeBron is better than Carmelo. Carmelo isn't this. People are going in at Carmelo. And Carmelo, he had time yesterday, <laughs> as they say nowadays. Carmelo said just simply, F you to one. Uh, to one of the fans, um, he's called some other guys some nicknames. I mean, some names we can't repeat on the air. Carmelo is going at these players. Then I think at some point he maybe realized that maybe I'm going too hard on these people. So he started to do the opposite approach. Like somebody would say something about him, and then he would say, "Oh, thank you." You know, <laughs> God bless. God bless. <laughs> yeah, like every uh, someone tweeted tweet, or they Instagram message commented. They said everything is in slow motion when Melo plays. Melo said, "Much love, much love." Yeah. Um. And someone said, you said uh, when you announced this open gym that people had to play defense. So why is Carmelo there? And he said, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Carmelo, he, after going off on people at first, he's now loosened up a bit. So I need you guys. You are all sports fans. We all have guys who we love. Weigh in on this. Are you okay with your athlete clapping back at people? Or do you want them to rise above it? Don't all jump in at once. <laughs> See, that's tough because I feel like an intelligent person would just ignore it and not let it kind of fluster their day or ruffle up their feathers in sense. But in, in perspective, you've built up a platform and you have this epitome of reaching out to people so many ways. Why let little things affect you so drastically, in my opinion, and actually go out of your way to indulge these people that, with that these things? That sounds like someone who's a vegan and yoga. <laughs> does yoga. You owe yeah. namaste. Yeah. No, no, I must stay on that side of the mic. Okay, you're All out right. of this. Ryan? You're, hey, I mean, I've got, I mean, it's the perfect example. You guys bring up Kevin Durant. I was the biggest Durant fan, like, in the world when he was at OKC. And then I didn't even really mind the move when he went over to the Warriors. But ever since, I mean, this whole last season of him burner accounts and then clapping back at people, it's like, I, I, I can't. I can't stand the guy anymore. He's just, he, it's turned me off, I guess. Kevin Durant has become hypersensitive. Or I guess, let me not say become. We are just now aware, more, you know, made more aware of this, how hypersensitive he is. Because overall, he's had such a, if you, what is he, 10 years in the league, give or take, that he's been highly regarded. People have thought highly of him. People have liked him. He's been well respected. He one feels two, hard to root for now. One or two, right. One or two people have said some, some critical things to him. That's about it. And yet he's become like uber <sighs> sensitive and mad about everything. And I'm, but I don't mind it. By the way, I don't mind a little cranky so, so in my you, athlete. No, I, I don't mind it. See, look, you you know what this is. You grew up in Flint. This is like getting on a school bus. Oh, so road sessions. You, so when you get on the you get on the school bus and everyone's playing the dozens. Yep. So if you're gonna crack, I'm cracking back. You grin, you win. So now Twitter has allowed 
athletes to connect with fans and vice versa. So fans feel like they can say anything to athletes. I think athletes should have the right to stick a little dynamite in them and blow them up if they feel like. I think that's part of the conversation. Part of the engagement is, oh, you want me to keep it real? Well, let's keep it all the way real. So I, I don't mind athletes going back and forth with fans or whatever, but typically you should have some rules. Don't go back at people that only have like 15 followers. I, like, I'm like, with don't, it, like, don't no eggheads. Make it, yeah, make no it. No private accounts who are scared to actually show their life yeah. and want to weigh in on other. I, I like that. So here's what I want to do. We're going to get ready to get the uh, the uh, what's trending in just a second here. But here is the number, 877-996-6369-877-99 on Fox. If you want to jump in on this and athletes and clapping back and using burner accounts, I want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Hit us up uh, there and also Bucky Brooks, K-Dub Live on Twitter. We'll read some of those as well. But right now, what's trending? And we're doing it with Steve Desegre. What's going on, Steve? Hello, gentlemen. Let's start with Major League Baseball as the day in the MLB is underway. Yankees tied 1-1 with the Blue Jays in the bottom of the first. Randall Grichuk with a homer for Toronto, <laughs> and the Rays lead 1-0 at Boston in the bottom of the second inning. Boston, the best team overall in the majors, 88-36 and this season. Great news for Cleveland outfielder Leonis Martin today. He's due to get out of the hospital. He'd had a serious bacterial infection. Cleveland up 1-0 over Baltimore in the bottom of the first. Pitcher Steven Strasburg of Washington will come off the DL to start Wednesday for the Nationals. And the late game tonight is Mets against Philadelphia, not in Philly. It'll be at the Phillies A-Ball Affiliate Stadium. Capacity about 2,000 in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. They're having a Pennsylvania team, a major league team in town playing. They did that with the Pirates in Williamsport last year. NFL news, the Chiefs signed defensive back Orlando Scandrick. Cowboys all-pro guard Zach Martin will have an MRI on his injured knee. Longtime Colts announcer Bob Lamey retired. And guys, with the Ohio State announcement Friday, it was that the investigation into football coach Urban Meyer will be completed Sunday. I don't know if maybe news will leak out about that today not sure there will be a press conference or anything today the investigators would still have to prepare a report deliver it to the committee in the coming week and then the board would have to meet this coming week the president of the school will confer privately with the board about the findings of the investigation columbus dispatch does say the school president will have the final decision on coach meyer his decision would not be subject to a vote by the trustees back to you Steve, it sounds like what you're saying is my reporting is wrong. Is that what you're saying? You told me to stay in my lane. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying I never heard, hey, Ohio State has a press conference set for Sunday. That's all I'm saying. Stay in your lane. Doesn't mean they won't. I just never heard them announce. Well, you just walked us through it. I mean, mean, as if you were like a private investigator. It's like something, do I I need to know something here, Steve? Are you telling us something? I'm saying there's a process, and it's probably uh, for legal reasons needs to be followed. I mean, there even has to be a public notice 24 hours in advance of the board meeting because it's a public university. All right. I see you, Steve, doing work over there. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, let's, let's get back to something we were talking about earlier, Bucky, and that is, of course, the Browns. It kind of seems like now maybe they're sort of the darlings. People are kind of rooting for them. And maybe it could just be the Hard Knocks honeymoon that could have something to do with it. Kenny Rota right now, uh, at the Kenny Rota on Twitter. Make sure you check it out. He's a Browns and Cavs analyst, host of the Kenny and JT Show on 1480 WHBC. Kenny, what's going on? How are you? 
Well, just trying to keep up with the ever-changing storylines for the Cleveland Browns. Who's coming, who's going, and uh, what's going to end up happening by the time they open up the regular season. Well, and I know they're changing it. And today, it's kind of start with the wide receiver core. Uh, so, Des Bryant, it seems as if he's not going to be there, at least right now. And then Josh Gordon returns yesterday. So, let's kind of start about the re- with the receiving core. What's going on there? Are they in need of another receiver? Are they moved on from Des Bryant? Well, they were in need of another receiver before Josh Gordon announced he was coming back. They brought in Des Bryant, took a, a look-see at him, met he left town without a contract. Now you've got to wonder, were the Browns using that? Possibly. I'm not saying this was the case, but possibly uh, as leverage to get uh, Josh Gordon's attention to see uh, if he would come back, because I don't think they really knew when he was coming back. And lo and behold, Gordon... Uh, the same weekend that they bring in, Des Bryant announces he's returning. Now, he hasn't been cleared to practice yet, but that gives them uh, another receiver that they hopefully will have ready by that first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with Des Bryant, now you wonder, all right, do the Browns still have interest in him, or uh, has that ship sailed? And was Des maybe using the Browns to try and create some leverage with other teams? So it was kind of a, a give and take back and forth. And I think the Browns would rather have Josh Gordon than Des Bryant uh, when they open the season. When can we really expect Josh Gordon to be on the field? I know he can be around the team. He can be in meetings. He can go to practice but not participate. When will we get a chance to see Josh Gordon on the field as he's making his way in Todd Haley's offense? Yeah, that's the big question we all want an answer to. And I don't think uh, the Browns have one yet. Uh, I don't know if it has to go through the the NFL, if he needs to be cleared for whatever reason. Again, they've kept us in the dark on all of this. So uh, does the NFL clear him and then the Browns clear him, or is it just up to the Browns? So will they put him in when they feel he is ready? The goal, I would think, would be to get him ready to go week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. You, You look at what Josh Gordon did last year. He only played five games but averaged 18 yards per catch had a touchdown last year in those five games. So whenever he touches the ball, he usually gains yards in chunks. So with Jarvis Landry as the really only proven receiver on this team, uh, I've got to believe they're going to do everything they can to get him back as quickly as possible. You know, a guy, Kenny, that that I feel like doesn't get talked about, because obviously there's Baker Mayfield and now the wide receivers and whatnot, is Nick Chubb. I mean, he's supposed to be a a really good running back, but right now he's kind of had both games. has been a bad one, then a good one. Uh, talk about Nick Chubb and, and where they, you see him in the offense for the Browns. Uh, the running back position right now is by committee. They picked up Carlos Hyde in the offseason as a, a free agent. Duke Johnson is that third down specialty back coming out of the backfield. He, he'll probably, if they go Jarvis Landry out wide instead of the slot, look for Duke Johnson to line up in the slot because they like his playmaking ability. With Nick Chubb, he's got to prove he's better than Johnson or Hyde. And the first game in the preseason, the Browns didn't run the ball well at all as a team. He struggled mightily. Now, in the last game, uh, the other night, they ran the ball very well, had over 100 yards before halftime. Chubb scored on the ground, but so did Carlos Hyde. Now, they were going up against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year in the Bills. So we really don't know what the Browns' running game is all about. They stunk against the Giants. They excelled against the Bills. So maybe this week we'll, we'll get a better reading on how they want to approach it. But I've got to believe Hyde's the man to beat out right now. It's his job to lose, and I don't think Chubb's done enough yet to challenge him. Well, the thing about competition, you're talking about the running backs. Obviously, we have to continue to talk about the quarterbacks. As much as the conversation has been about Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor has been 
Or, excuse me. Tarod. Yeah, Tarod. Taylor has Tarod. been pretty right. good. He's been, That's right, guys. He's been, he's been pretty good when he's had an opportunity. How do the Browns feel about their quarterback situation right now? They've got to be ecstatic about it. They really do. Think about last year and what was in that quarterback room. They didn't have a single quarterback in their room last year when the season started that won an NFL game. Now you've got Tarod Taylor, who helped take the Bills to the playoffs last year, 22 career wins. Drew Stanton, a proven backup or third stringer, wherever you want to put him, mentor if you want to call him that. And then you've got the number one overall pick in Baker Mayfield, who at least through the first two preseason games doesn't seem overwhelmed by the position, doesn't look out of place. The size that concerned me when they drafted him, it hasn't been a factor to this point. So uh, I think they're, they're thrilled. Todd Haley excited about the quarterback room that he has with Taylor as the starter as the season begins. But then as the season progresses, depending on the wins and losses, we'll see if there comes a time when they decide to play Baker Mayfield this year and get him some reps so uh, he won't go into next season without having played uh, a snap in the regular season. Or maybe they'll start him this season at some point, so he's got to start under his belt. Hey, Kenny Rhoda is with us, uh, Browns and Cavs analyst, host of the Kenny and JT Show on 1480 WHBC in Cleveland. Uh, let's let's go to the other thing you covered. That's the Cavaliers for a little bit. I know football season is upon us, but you know us being here in LA, the big story, of course, and really in all the sports, was LeBron James becoming a Los Angeles Laker and leaving Cleveland, where he came back for four years, won a championship. What's the city like this time around? Were they did, were they ready for? It? Did they already know? Are they still upset, or did they kind of say at least he brought us a championship? What's the feel in the city right now that LeBron is officially gone? It's a mixture of things. There are some who are still upset because when he came back, he said he didn't want to leave again, wasn't going to leave again. I don't, I don't have the, I don't want to go through all that again. And yet he did that. So you're going to get some people that are still ticked off saying, well, he lied to us. He left us for a second time. Others are going to say, look, delivered on his promise, brought Cleveland a championship, ended the drought since 1964 in the finals for four straight years. Not his fault. They didn't win maybe another championship, right? Uh, and for me, when I look at it with LeBron, uh, this is a guy who is the greatest basketball player in the world, arguably the greatest of all time. And he's earned the right as a free agent to do what he wants to do. And I thought he handled it much better this time. That's what stung the first time more so than anything, the way he handled it, going on national TV, stabbing Cleveland in the back and leaving this time. I thought he handled it the right way. Uh, low fanfare. I don't know if he's even had a press. Has he had a press conference in LA yet, guys? He has not. He's yeah. not. He's just so, been hanging out at some pizzerias and whatnot, <laughs> but he has not. <laughs> yeah. So I think he, he learned from his mistake the first time he left, and I think he's looking not only to try and win another championship. And, and if he could do that, that would be championships with three different teams, which you throw that into the conversation as to who the greatest is, but also preparing for life after basketball with all of his uh, businesses that he has. And a lot of that has to do there uh, with uh, production companies, movies, and being in Hollywood is going to help him. So uh, you're, you're never – fans aren't going to completely be happy with, with anything that he does moving forward, but they always have that championship to fall back on. You're right about that. At least he got the championship. And then, you know, they got Kevin Love, too. You got They got Kevin Love. That's a big drop-off, though. They, they have Kevin Love. LeBron, the only <laughs> Kevin Love. Hey, Kenny, we appreciate it again. Kenny Rhoda, the Kenny Rhoda on uh, Twitter. Make sure you follow him. Browns and Cavs analyst, host of the Kenny and JT Show on 1480 WHBC. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's a, I mean, that's a massive loss. And even though you knew it may be coming, and even though the LeBron 
maybe had the right to do it, it still burns a little bit, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's still, you don't have Kyrie, you don't have LeBron, you got Kevin Love, who you probably have fallen out of love with a little bit over the last few years. You're like, I guess. But now you're excited because you signed him to a long-term deal. You got to bring him back. He's the face of the franchise. Does he get a? That's not. That's not. A, that's he, not the face I wanted. Does he get? Does he get a post on the wall? Oh no! Oh, it two stories. If LeBron got like a thirty-story big, huge, <laughs> Kevin Love gets two stories. He gets a no. What are those? He gets a fat a, head. He gets a fat head. <laughs> don't you ever steal the joke out of my head, okay? This I know it's Sunday morning. I'm slow. You beat me to that joke. He gets a fat head. That's about it. Producing too long. We've been around each other a couple days now. Now you're stealing my jokes. I don't like that, Ryan. All right, um, you know, John Elway, we, we hit on this just a little bit yesterday, but there's a there could be some uh, some issues from John Elway's statement regarding Colin Kaepernick. If you didn't hear what he said, we'll tell you what he said and, and how that could get him in trouble. We'll explain it next, Fox Sports Radio. little Sunday radio for you with Bucky Brooks, and uh, you can follow him there on Twitter, Bucky Brooks, K-Dub Live for myself, Kelvin Washington. We appreciate you hanging out with your boys for a couple of hours. we got one hour and ten minutes left, so stay with us. Um, and, of course, we are brought to you by the Geico Sports Radio Studio, that is, I should say. And um, don't we have some uh, progressive and some audio? I'm supposed to have somebody here? You know, we were supposed to, but uh, you eloquently just jumped in there, so I didn't want to stop. Oh, no, me. I appreciated that. Not bad. We'll just move forward, and that's exactly <laughs> what we'll do. Let's just move forward. But we do have sound. Speaking of, we do have some sound of uh, something I want you to hear recently – of course, John Elway was asked about his quarterback position uh, situation, which is not great right now. We've been discussing quarterbacks all day, and it seems like we'll, of course, do that all football season long. And the quarterback situation, I mean, it has to at times, Bucky, make John Elway want to see if he's still got something left in the tank. <laughs> I mean, I think John Elway is sitting there like, all right, if I get a trainer for a month and a half, get back in shape, I'll be better than Paxton Lynch, I swear. Um, but that's his situation. And when asked about that recently, um, would he consider Colin Kaepernick Considering he has no one else to play quarterback, here's what he said. Colin had his chance to be here. We offered him a contract. He did take it. You know, and as I said at my deposition, and I don't know if I'm legally able to say this, but, you know, he's had his chance to be here. He passed it. Mm. So he passed it. And I've heard people say, yeah, see, he passed on his chance. He being Colin Kaepernick, and he had a chance to go to the Broncos. Well, hold on, hold on. We're going to round it up. It was 11-9, but let's call it $12 million he was set to make guaranteed money, and they offered him seven. Okay, that's almost a 50% drop there. That's $5 million less than what you're guaranteed. Why would he do that, especially considering at that point, Colin Kaepernick is still thinking in his mind, I'm probably a top 10 quarterback, top 12 quarterback in the league. I mean, he probably thought even higher because you know how athletes, well, how highly they think of themselves. So I'm not going to turn down. $5 million to go play for the Broncos when, I, when I'll get it in the offseason. It ended up not being the case, and we can Monday morning quarterback or hindsight 2020 this thing and say he should have, but the fact is in that moment, that was not a good decision and it, for him to do that. It wasn't a good decision because, let's put it this way, Andy Dalton was at the $14, $15, 16000000 million mark. Why would Colin Kaepernick see him as a lesser player than Andy Dalton at the time? Right. Like Andy Dalton hadn't had a playoff win. Andy Dalton had to let his team to the Super Bowl. If you're Colin Kaepernick, even if it's gone awry in San Francisco, you still have those things on your resume. And I got $12 million in my pocket for just showing up. Why would I take a pay cut? Like, why would that make any sense at all for anybody? No one would take a 42% pay cut at that point. And then so John Elway is being disingenuous. When he, when he brings that up and he kind of paints it like, hey, he had a chance to be here. Well, Brock Osweiler also had a chance. Mm -hmm. Brock Osweiler turned down money before, went to Houston, 
flamed out there, went to Cleveland, flamed out there. They didn't have an op- didn't have any issue offering him a contract. So to say that and the way that he said it in the context, um, kind of disappointed that he took that route. I, I completely agree. Mentioning that yesterday, look, Brock Osweiler has been, what, one, maybe one-third of the quarterback? Maybe you can even say a quarter of the quarterback of Colin Kaepernick, yet he was able to come back. And we've seen it time and time again where guys come and go. Everybody. How many times have we seen someone's second or third return to a team? It happens all the time. We've seen it even happen, happen with coaches. So the idea is if, well, I offered him it once. Yeah, well, you need a quarterback. You can offer it to him again. And one of the things I've said is that, the, the Colin Kaepernick story, and now the and now it's a collusion case, and there's some information about that and why. You heard John Elway say, maybe I shouldn't be mentioning that. There is some some aside to the fact that he shouldn't have mentioned that because there is a, a lot of things still going on, and he had to have a deposition. I can't even say it. Deposition he had to have recently, and he had to say some things about Colin Kaepernick, and, and basically, not to get all legalistic, but <laughs> legalistic 90 days Within Colin Kaepernick's grievance is when, you know, if he says, hey, 90 days before this, I was not on a team and I believe there's collusion, which them offering that word was longer than 90 days. So mm-hmm. this this doesn't help that case just because they can say, hey, we offered him this opportunity. So there's a lot more to dissect and I want to do that on the other side. But you're a- absolutely right. Guys come back to the old teams all the time. Guys come back to the off- something they were offered, teams that offered them money all the time. And the fact that you wouldn't do that as if Brock Osweiler is some five-time pro bowler, but yet you wouldn't do it for Colin Kaepernick, I believe is disingenuous as well. So let's come back to that and how John Elway in this situation will not go away and the NFL still has some issues on their hand. We'll do it next, Fox Sports Radio. That's right, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And Bucky, I think I might have to whisper this. I think I'm good. <laughs> you think you're good? I think I'm good. I've been working for those just joining. Uh, I've been working on a way to go golfing as well as spend time with the family to appease my wife and child because uh, I've been gone all week. I was uh, I was in New York for uh, four or five days, and so now I can you know. And my boy hit me up and said, "Hey man, what, what time you want to tee off?" And I said, "Ooh, hold on, <laughs> let me let me figure this thing out where I can still have a wife when I come home." So I think I've managed to be able to do both so far. You got to give me some. I, I, that deserves a fist bump. I mean, yeah. That you, deserves a fist you, hey, you didn't think I, mean, I could get real, this done. I mean, I thought it was going to be tight on you. I thought it was going to be tight on you. But now, you're it's real, still early. It's real, still early. I mean, that was a real player move, the way that you were able to pull that off. You set the table right. You got yeah. everything right. Make sure you included the family. Yeah. That's got the, the golf in. Like, that's a, the key by the part. way. And it's only nine. It's only nine. See? Then. And then you got your homeboy to weigh in and kind of set the table yeah, home. It was, like, it was my best. Shout out to Vic, my best friend. Vic, that helped because. You know, she she likes she likes me to hang with Vic, and you know, oh, that's Vic, yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So the only problem is, mm. ah, she could be listening, and I, she could be saying, "Oh, really? Oh, damn!" So I, I got game. I may have. I ruined, got game. There's a chance I may have ruined it for myself. All right, at Bucky Bucky Brooks uh, for him, and also Kato Live for myself on Twitter. If you want to reach out to us there, so I want to kind of go back to this grievance and the uh, collusion case that Colin Kaepernick has right now against the league, and remember that. Um, in order to say that there's collusion, this isn't. This doesn't have to be all 32 teams. This has to be two teams. It can even be the league and one team. It mm-hmm. just has to be two uh, partners involved that then him and his his uh, lawyers could say, "Hey, there is collusion against Colin Kaepernick." And I was interesting. I was reading this article on uh, Sports Illustrated, really good piece that uh, was written about how 
what John Elway, again, talking about we offered him a deal, that has nothing to do with this because, A, as I just mentioned, if there's two parties involved, okay, that could be collusion. And also, Denver doesn't have to be exonerated from this if it was after 90 days. If this was longer than 90 yep. days before he filed his grievance, then you all can be included in this as well. And I was thinking about – it helped me kind of the rationale behind this. With Eric Reed not being in the league, who outside of Colin Kaepernick was the most – uh, prominent when it comes to kneeling because Malcolm Jenkins, you could say, has been the most outspoken, maybe Chris mm -hmm. Long as well, but they haven't knelt. So they, he was the other one that was kneeling. He's not in the league. I mean, did something happen while I wasn't while I was in New York? Did I miss something? He's not in the league as well. So isn't it almost obvious if you kneeled longer than a game, you know, because like, like, and you were very vocal about it? It almost seems as if you're out of the league. You know, I think I think the thing with Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed, because they're tied together, because they were really, really um, in San Francisco together. Now, I don't know if they're best friends, but I would say they're close. Mm -hmm. um, they're closely aligned. That I do believe there's some backlash for both of them for the entire issue. I think the thing that is interesting about it all, Colin Kaepernick, when he first started doing this, he was sitting quietly, minding his he own was. business on on the bench. A reporter tipped it off. Um, it then became a bigger story. He met with Nate Boyer, yeah. a military vet. Nate Boyer said, ah, you know, sitting down just kind of seems disrespectful. Um, it would probably be more respectful if you took a knee. Now, coming where I come from in the South, where everyone is really deep into the good book, and the good book, it says, um, when you pray, you come and you kneel. That is like the biggest way to humble yourself. So really, it's the biggest sign of respect that you can show when you kneel and bow your head and all that other right. stuff. So I find it very funny and fascinating that something that was supposed to be done out of respect has been taken completely the other way. And to be real, it has nothing to do with the kneeling, the fist being up or whatever. People don't want to hear what the athletes are trying to get out there. They don't want to hear what they're saying. And so it has been twisted to being a thing about the flag, first responders, military and any and any and everything that you can think about beyond the issue that was originally part of the protest. And I feel like the no matter the protest the or the way that it was protested, it would not have been good enough. Oh, it's never because it, it, if you if you are upset with what they're doing, then I feel like okay, we stood. But if you knew that I stood and what I was still upset about, I think there would be an issue. If I as you mentioned, if I was sitting at first, that's an issue. Um but you know what I find fascinating about it? Is Marshawn Lynch has been the only person who really no one has mentioned it. No one cares that he sits every time. He's, he, he sits. He's doing the same thing, Marshawn Lynch. And I think this goes back to something that I said. Marshawn Lynch, I think everyone knows you're not changing from day one. Like coming out of college, you knew who he was. He is very outspoken for who he is. We remember the whole, I'm only here so I won't get fined, and Skittles and grabbing his junk as he jumps in the end zone. You cannot change him. He's very comfortable in his skin. He knows exactly who he is. Like it, love it, hate it. But I bet you're going to give me that ball in the end zone. And so there's something about Marshawn Lynch that I think everyone, like the cameras could be on him more. He could be the big focal point. He's, he's a bigger star than every, I would imagine. Yeah. He's the biggest star who is showing a former protest because Colin Kaepernick's out of the league. Mm -hmm. So would you, I mean, is anyone bigger than Marshawn Lynch? Well, I think, I think that is. And I think a, a, a weird thing has happened with Marshawn Lynch, a guy that you would think most people would despise or not like, he's beloved because True. he's done it his own way. 
He has never changed. He's never flinched. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what you say to him. He, it doesn't bother him. And in some ways, that has kind of made people really, really gravitate and like him. Uh, I think with it all, I think the one thing that players are beginning to show, because it's going away from whatever is happening uh, during the National Anthem, they're beginning to wear the T-shirts. They're beginning to use their platform when they have an opportunity to speak in front of media to show signs. We saw Malcolm Jenkins do that. Mm -hmm. There are other ways to skin the cat, and I think they're saying, oh, okay, we want to make it about something that is really not, but that's fine. I'll appease you on that. You're going to hear me. You're going to hear me in a different right, so I'm going to do it in a way that you see exactly what it is, and you have to respond to that. You have children, and and I have a child, and what, one of the things you know is, or even even if it's someone else, it could be your your spouse, your partner. When you're kind of, we're both at odds, and you you, you yell, I'm a yell louder, right? And I feel like the if the NFL, certain fans, if people wanted this to die down, they really could have dialed down the hate. Some people have. We talked to players who have um, received hate mail. They've received a lot of threats and all of that. And you've had, of course, you had the uh, owners who feel, feel the same way. I've received all these letters, and you've had people who have spoken against it. And I feel like the more they've done that, the more it fuels the players wanting to say something. And, and it started. It remember, even with the president, you had it was, two. It wasn't like I won't even say it's the, the hate mail. I would say it's strictly after the president. Oh, because, that's where I was because, going. I mean, yeah. it was. It, it was pretty much done. Two you out of 1,500 players, two, only two, kneeled, and then the president called them SOBs and did all that, and then it became a thing again. It became a thing. And right. Th- and that's what it is. Like, I think if everyone understands, like, this is political football. Like, it is a winning, quote-unquote, winning issue for him amongst his base. So it's always going to be thrown out there because, like, there's one thing that I, am, in my opinion, one thing that people don't like is when you have a bunch of players who are – quote-unquote, making a bunch of money, and they don't seem to be appreciative or grateful for the opportunity that they have. Yet we have actors and entertainers and other people in other walks of life that make a ton of money doing what they do, but we don't expect the same thing from them. I just believe it's always going to be an issue whenever you can throw athletes, particularly prominent black athletes in the mix, it is always going to be a very, very divisive issue. I agree. And then I think one of the things when it comes to athletes, especially football, is I think there's a military mindset of you do what you're told, you do what we say, uh, in football more than any other sport. Well, absolutely. And so I think that plays into it as well. As people are so used to football, you just sit there, shut up, be tough, you know, and, and again, do as we say. Uh, I'm the commander-in-chief, if you will, if I'm the, I'm the coach. And so uh, take your orders. And I think there's that element to it where we view football as that military style of, of game, and I think that's why, again, it's different than maybe the NBA where guys have been outspoken and guys are saying things, and you're kind of like, well, NBA is kind of star – well, not kind of. It has become so star-driven that they're almost, yeah, I'm on this team, but I'm very much equal to if not bigger than the team in a lot of cases. Whereas the NFL, we know it's shield first, then it's a team, and then somewhere down the line we'll get to you. And that's how it's been presented. For the longest time, the NFL has always been about the shield and the team than the players. And it's natural to do that because you have helmets, you have face masks, you don't really see the faces behind Mm -hmm. the celebrities or the stars that are on the field. It's rare. It used to be just quarterback-driven. Quarterbacks were the only ones that were getting endorsements and really given the opportunity to allow their personalities to really come through so we can kind of get a feel for them. And basketball and others, basketball, you see their faces. You you get a chance to really feel them. And so that's why it's more player-driven where the league has always been, the NFL has always been team-driven, 
And that is a huge difference. And I do find it interesting. Football and sports are the only time where, like, the common man sides with the team over the players. And normally, we in society kind of see ourselves as the underdog. But for whatever reason, we don't view the athletes as the underdog. We view the owners as the underdog, even though they're the billionaires. We have been bamboozled as fans to where we buy into everything the owner or the general manager gives us, right? So the owner in general, oh, we love this player. Player X is our guy. We love him. We'll never trade him. He's traded. And we're never <laughs> mad at the owners, right? Uh, we love this guy. We're never, you know, he, he's, he's cut. He's released. Or they, they put some bad information out there. Um, but yet when the player stands up and says, hey, I'm, I'm worth more. When Colin Kaepernick says, hey, I'm not going to take $7 million. When I'm already making $12 million guaranteed, that just makes sense. And like you mentioned, the average person would think that makes sense. Duh, why would he give up $5 million? I would never do that. They say, you're dumb. You should have taken the money. Now, see, that's why you're not in the NFL. So somehow in sports in general, but especially the NFL, we have been bamboozled as fans to buy into the, oh, poor, woe is me, the owners, where it, and they can always kind of you know skirt on the outside and, and do what they need to do to protect their brands and or make more money when the average player, we don't cut them that same slack. Mm. And, but that, and that's, just, that's just what it is. But it's business. And I think people need to understand it's business. Loyalty is not on both sides. It is about the green. It's about the dollars, it's about the paycheck. And even though you're trying to build a team, you're really dealing with 53 independent contractors. Everyone's coming to work and you would like to come to work and be successful, but there's very much a I got to get my mentality because that's the only way that I'm going to stay around. Stop being rational. That's your problem. <laughs> You're being rational. You're trying to make sense. You can't make sense. It is. How dare you? Let me let me be a fan and not make sense and just enjoy my fandom. Bucky Brooks. Uh, at, at Bucky Brooks, by the way, on Twitter, at Kate Live for myself. All right, I, there's a question. I'm going to throw it out to you now. And if you feel the need, you want to jump in and phone call us, uh, give us a phone call, that'd be great. Uh, 877-99-ON-FOX. And again, Twitter, Bucky Brooks, Kate Live for myself as well. We were talking about this. What is the best sports town right now? The sports town that's having the most success. You would say, I would love to be in that, a fan of that team or those teams in that sports area because they are dominating. I got a couple choices I want to throw at you, and I think you're going to sleep on a couple. I'll give you those next, Fox Sports Radio. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. Okay, I'm trying to just get the groove on this. All of a sudden, I do feel like having a green smoothie. <laughs> I feel like going a couple doors down here to hot yoga. Let's go. Okay, is that what this is? It's my boy Dub FX right here. All right, well, he's your boy. I don't know him, but Bucky Brooks. Kelvin Washington with you on a Sunday. Hopefully it's been a fabulous one for you so far. And uh, Bucky Brooks on Twitter and Caleb Live for myself. And I, I was interested. I was thinking about this, Bucky. So we all know historically great sport cities. By the way, we've been talking about them today. Uh, Cleveland, even though their teams have been bad, they've had uh, you know, so many heartbreaks between the Browns, <laughs> right, the Browns and the Cavs and so on and so forth and the Indians. Uh that's a great sports town. Like they 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 get up and they come right back. And I, and again, I'm biased coming from the Detroit area. Detroit's a great sports town, even though the Lions haven't been great. They they sell out. They show out every year. So on and so forth. There's so many Philadelphia. There's so many other great ones we can name. But this isn't just simply about a who has a great fan base. This is about what fan base is living the dream right now. Where if it's a, you know whether it's two or three teams, because not everybody has all the four major sports, and then obviously some some elite college teams. 
But some cities are thriving, man, where they're having a lot of success. And I want to start it with an obvious one for me, and that is the Boston area, New England mm-hmm. area, where you have the Patriots. I mean, we already know what they've done. Five championships over the last 17, 18 years. They've been successful every year. They're the team that out of the AFC you go, I can't see anybody beating them. Right. Maybe Pittsburgh, but that's about it. Every year we do that. And then all of a sudden you have a resurgence with the Celtics not too long ago winning with the big three. And then the Celtics now being good again. We're yep. expected maybe to come out of the East in the NBA. Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, all those good guys that they have. Um, so there's a lot. And then, the, and then the Red Sox, who right now are 88-36. and 36, 11 games, uh, 10 and a half games ahead of the Yankees right now in the AL East. I mean, and, and they're just kicking everybody's butt right now. And obviously, they even won a couple of rings in the relatively you know, recent years. So I feel like Boston's number one, the New England-Boston area. Does anybody disagree with that? I think that's fair. Very fair. I don't know. I might have to disagree. Hold up. I need to know why. How can you not say L.A. is number one? You can pick either side for any franchise if you think about it. Soccer, LAFC Galaxy, baseball, you have Dodgers, Angels, basketball, Clippers, you have Lakers. I mean, you keep going. Well, you're na- right okay, now. you're naming teams. You're not naming that they've been successful. Franchises so let me emphasize. Let me emphasize the key part is you are enjoying so much success as a fan right now because your team is winning. Your city is winning. Again, I'm not saying they have to be winning a championship every year, but again, as I mentioned with the Patriots, they were almost winning last year. They won a couple years before that. So uh, they're having success. The Celtics won a championship not too long ago, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're the, they're the best team in the East it should be for the last couple of seasons. So I'm more success, not just who has a bunch of teams. Billy. That's the key part. Philly. Philly's in yeah, the I, w- I was just I was literally just going to mention that one. Philly, I mean, Villanova just Very, won the championship. I mean, the Phillies are actually competing at this point. I mean, the Eagles finally won the Super Bowl. Like, and, and now the Sixers. I mean, Ben go. Simmons, Trust he's dating the Kardashian right now. Trust the process. Yes. Is he, wait, is he dating the Kardashian or is he dating the Jenner? Jenner? I mean, same difference. Right, get your, get your, all get the, your sisters it's together. It's all the same. They all blend. They all blend. Get your sisters together right now. No, I, I, so Philly was going to be next on my list. The Eagles have done it, and they've been a rabid fan base without a Super Bowl. Now that they have one. Oh, you can't tell them anything. You can't tell them anything. can't tell them anything. Villanova has won a couple in the last few years. And as you guys mentioned, now all of a sudden the 76ers, who has been really a really good franchise, actually. You know, for them, they won a couple of times in the 80s. And then in the um, 2000s, they got there with AI. And they at least had an entertaining team with Allen Iverson for years. And now they're finally coming back to prominence, at least it seems. So I'm okay with the Philly being up there as well. Now, who else is there? I'm going to go the Bay Area. Bay Area. Because we talked about Colin Kaepernick. The 49ers, historically, but again, this is more recent years we're talking. They were in a Super Bowl not too long ago. They had some success not too long ago. Now they got Jimmy G. Jimmy G's out here living his best life, dating porn stars. Doing it up. Doing it up. Probably, yes, he probably is doing it up. (laughs) I bet he is. Figuratively. So, uh, and then, of course, the San Francisco Giants. They pretty much won like every odd year for a few years. Um, so you have success there with the Giants. And now let's not forget the Warriors. If they win one more time, I mean, at some point, we're going to say this is the best team we've ever seen in the NBA. I mean, it's getting, it's getting ridiculous. Now they have a starting lineup that all five guys are all-stars with DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, he's not going to play for quite some time. But once he does, that's insane. Arguably top two best center in the league. 
top two point guard with Steph Curry. Maybe some mm-hmm. will say he is the best. You got one of the top two or three shooting guards in Klay Thompson. I mean, it's ridiculous. The best utility player in Draymond Green outside of LeBron. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So I think the Bay Area is enjoying a whole lot of success as well. And if you look up the Oakland A's, first Great place. Great point. They were down. They're twelve back. Have shot to the top of the the rankings. That's top a, of the standings. Right. That's a great. They're point. right in the mix. Yeah. Bay Area is doing man. E forty. E forty. E forty. Popping collars, jacking slacks. By the way, I think sprinkle me. All I that. take my E forty fan over Drake when it comes to NBA rapper on the NBA court. <laughs> Give me E forty over Drake. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel like it's real with Drake. I feel like Drake's like, where's the camera? You feel like yeah, I feel like E forty is just yeah, E fizzle, 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 forty water. It just feels more natural, more normal. Maybe I've got I've got kind of a sleeper, but maybe Houston right now. Is, they sound okay. I mean, talk to me. Talk to teams. me. You got the Astros. That's a good point. Astros have, Astros, have won. Astros and won. Texas is popping with Deshaun Watson. I mean, the four, were, four you know, and twelve. Am I popping? I was four and twelve. Yeah, Am I really but popping? But when he was playing, they were popping. He's back. That's true. There's there's some uh, there. I believe it or not, I was in a club with Deshaun Watson on accident. Oh, um, how are you accidentally in the club? <laughs> well, because I didn't know he was going to be there, and he showed I'm up with my, he showed up you, with Nick you, Wright. Not not Nick Wright who runs the board here, but Nick Wright on uh, first things first. Nick Wright. Um, I'm there for my boys getting wet, uh, married. It's his wedding. And one of the nights we decided to go out. Let's go out to a nice little club. The club. We'll go out. We're having a good time. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Nick Wright? What is, <laughs> what is Nick Wright doing here? So I'm like, Nick. And I, I kind of already knew him. So what's up, Nick? I'm, yeah. trying, I'm trying to figure out what's the cutoff age for going to the club. Hold on. Don't disrespect Nick Wright like that. Okay, no, just, Nick Wright saying, is like, not that old. Like, We're probably this exact, probably to the year the same age. Bro, what, what, when we start, when we start clubbing. Like how, how, okay, now this is now we have a new conversation. <laughs> how, how the club? <laughs> what? That's a great question. I mean, the club is the twenty-one over club, right? Yes. Oh man, now, now you just. I'm just making sure. I just want to get all. I just want to get all my I stuff. I want to make sure that no one had X's on their hand. I'm, so I just want to make sure <laughs> that it was a legitimate. That there was, was legitimate no cl- permanent marker used. <laughs> That, that night, night, Bucky. We don't have two lines, an 18 and, and a 21. So the disrespect it's, it's is, a club. Run, is running rampant. I'm just right trying now. to figure out a club? I can understand a lounge. A club, though. No, I'm not going to lie. This one was a club, too. This wasn't a sexy, uh, this, cool this, lounge. This, this one was a stand on okay. a couch club. Oh, did they have the airbrush background where you could take the pictures? No, we didn't have that. Oh, okay. We didn't. Okay. Or let me assume, let me not let me not assume. Let me let me take it back to the other the walking in part. Maybe there was. Now you're right. There I remember being younger, being like, Well, that guy's too old to be in the club. And he's like thirty two. You don't want to be the old dude in the club. Right. And like now that I'm older, I'm like, okay, well maybe but I don't I usually I don't there's a reason if I hit like and that was my guys. You working, you doing some stuff. Working, yeah. yeah. I don't normally just on a Friday in fact take out normally. I never would just be like, let's go to the club let's on a Friday night. Club. Not, hey, we're not knocking popping. you if you do. It's popping. It's but popping. I do feel like the gray hairs in my chin have now kicked me out of that. Not to mention I'm married. It's not like I'm going to holler at chicks. And then I got right. kids. Well, one and a half. So you're right. I, but however, shout out to Nick Wright shows up. And I just uh I got to kick it with Nick Wright and Chris Carter at uh this past weekend, oh, I was look in at New York. You. Swung by and said hello to the guys. Um, first things first, shout out to them. And Jenna as well, the host of the show. Um, and where was I going with it? Oh, and all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson walked in. So, is it, you're saying it's popping, but I will say it wasn't like Aaron Rodgers walking to a club in, in Milwaukee or something. <laughs> like, it, they, it was like, is that Deshaun Watson? Oh, man, he's skinnier than I thought. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't full He's on. not up there yet. He's not up there yet. But okay, Houston, you got the Rockets who 
If yeah. they were a hamstring away from going from the fine to the fine, okay. Was James Harden at the club with you? Ooh, don't take the pictures. Well, that would be what club were we at? Because you know, you you guys know about James Harden, right? <laughs> yeah. You know he has his jersey retired at a strip club, right? I mean, that's I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it at an MVP level. <laughs> right? Like, don't you wanna be I mean, we all wanna be honored as an HOFer, as a Hall of Famer. Like, man, if if they put your jersey up oh, in the Raptors, man. Man, you got to be patron of the month. Man. Like for 12 months straight. You're patron of the year. I mean, for them to do that, and he's not even like a Houston Knight. It wasn't like um, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know what I mean? Maybe because he ran off a decade running up in the club. Or uh, Dominique I mean, Wilkins in I've Atlanta. I've been there like three, four right? years. You already a Hall of Famer? <laughs> wow. There was a lot. A- yeah, there were a lot of ATM, you know, uh, visits. <laughs> For him to be a Hall of Fame already, but okay, I like Houston. I, I, I like Houston. I do like Houston. What age now? I'll end it. I'll end it with L.A. Are we? So, so I, I was hard on you about L.A. initially. It's okay. I know you. Were. But I do think L.A. has a chance. Oh yeah, Rams. Because the Rams, exactly. The Rams are a sexy Super Bowlish pick. LeBron. You have LeBron and the Lakers, and they don't even have to be. They don't even have to go to the NBA Finals. They just need to be good, make the postseason, and, and, and be very entertaining while doing so. So you got LeBron and the Lakers. The Dodgers were they an inning or two away there, yeah. from winning the World Series last year. And, again, it wouldn't be far-fetched if they come out of the NL this year. So, um, Chip Kelly with UCLA is going to be an interesting watch. And you got the Chargers, who are supposed to be good. Oh, uh, so you say. said that with some – You with did some, hear me. It was a little slight diss. You kind of dissed the Chargers a I little did. bit. I did. I'm not going to lie. There was, there was a little I do want to. I, I wonder why LeBron sent some jerseys over to the Rams. Jared Goff got one. Ty Gurley got one. And the new Laker. You like them going back to the throwback Laker? Oh, they, they yellow. Yeah, absolutely. You, like that? you, yeah. you cool with that? I am cool with that because I think they know what's coming. It's about to be the throwback to the. Well, you don't have to go. Oh, like you know 80s. LeBron. You know LeBron's gonna wear the little shorts too. Like you know, it's trending where they're the gonna short, go. The shorts they're are gonna getting, go all the way back, like as a Byron Scott. We are Michael going Cooper back. Type. We are going back to that era, the John Stockton, Isaiah Thomas era. Yeah, we're going back to where the it's short like shorts. If you, your underwear was long enough, it would show. Oh yeah, your compression shorts would show up under the jersey. Yeah, we, we, well, see, they didn't wear compression shorts back then, though. I know that was just all bad. Oh, just all thigh. That <laughs> no one, no one needs to see. Yeah, that nobody needs to see that. But we are going back, man. That's why my mom always said things are cyclical. Hold on to your bell bottoms; they'll come back in style. <laughs> now, small shorts. I remember you had. To, I wore like I was like. 160 pounds wearing triple X shirts, T-shirts. What was I doing? All white. All white, white. T-shirts, man. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, L.A., I think L.A. has a chance to for sure be on this list. Uh, we'll see. I think L.A., I think the Lakers will live up to their end. The Dodgers should, um, but we'll see. All right, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier right now for trending with Steve the Sager. Hello, gentlemen. You mentioned the Dodgers coming close to winning the World Series last year. One of the reasons they did not was you, Darvish, who uh, let's say maybe tipped his pitches and got shelled a couple of games in the series by Houston. Well, and then he went off for a big contract to the Chicago Cubs and has had an elbow injury starting off this long deal. He had a rehab start today at South Bend in the low minors with Chicago. He has just left after one inning. Something happened in warm-ups through a breaking ball. Didn't like how it felt. Maybe re-injured himself, and you Darvish has left the A-ball start today. This guy's making over $20 million this year, starting a six-year, $126 million contract. All the money is guaranteed. 
The Cubs are up 1-0 at Pittsburgh in the bottom of the third. Kyle Schwarber a home run. The Reds start the fifth inning with a 7-1 lead over the Giants. Cleveland is shutting out the Orioles 2-0. Bottom of the fifth at Boston. Rays still up 1-0 over the Red Sox, the best team overall in the majors. The Yankees are having a very good year, 77-46, but they're 10.5 back of the Red Sox. Yankees winning 6-1 over Toronto in the bottom of the fourth. Greg Bird with a grand slam. Didi Gregorius of New York has left after a collision at first base. Pitcher Steven Strasburg will come off the DL to start Wednesday for the Nationals. Twins pitcher Irvin Santana is going back on the disabled list with a sore finger. He'll see a hand specialist on Tuesday. Coming up later today, it's, yes, the Oakland A's tied for first place now in the ALS. The A's hosting Justin Verlander and the Houston Astros. And, uh, one note from the NFL, the Bengals are cutting starting safety George Iloka. Guys, you mentioned the Red Sox doing so well. Uh, at the bottom of that division, the Orioles, are you aware of how not well they are doing? They actually could be mathematically eliminated from all postseason contention as soon as tomorrow already. <laughs> Here we are in August. Their magic number, or as it's known, their tragic number is down to three. In the division race, they've already been eliminated about 10 days ago. They're currently about 50 games back with under 40 games to play. It's the earliest any baseball team has been eliminated from its division race in the roughly 50 years we've had divisions in the major leagues. The Baltimore Orioles with the worst record are 37 and 86. Back to you. Man, that's that's horrifically bad. Anytime you can set a new record in baseball, which has been going back since like 1723, I don't know, I just sounded good. I made that number up. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's you baseball. No, seriously, when I hear stuff happen, like even the Dodgers, remember the Dodgers uh, had that horrific start in the beginning of the season? And they're like, this is the worst start in Dodgers history. I'm like, whoa, 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 that history goes back like revolutionary war i mean so like this is this is crazy anytime you can yes you know. i believe patrick henry was batting cleanup for the dodgers <laughs> exactly, back exactly. And, and you mentioned something with you darvish i still feel like dodger fans blame him i don't yeah. think he was yes he wasn't great but i don't think he's the reason oh the re- no in game seven that you brought up the dodgers left 10 men on base the first six innings of game seven they have chance after chance to get right back in it it's it's the problem uh, with Steve, baseball in general. allow us our scapegoat okay it has to oh, be i know everybody's got to have a simple answer to everything and he is the face of the most simple answer he is and the real answer is these juiced up baseballs that no i feel like <laughs> nobody's talking about this i feel like i'm the only one who brings this up regularly and i don't know if it's because we are enjoying all the home runs uh, but my gosh, like everyone's hitting a home run. People who normally give you 10, 15 are giving you 30, 25, 30. You got pitchers hitting home runs. I just saw, him, I think, Max Scherzer the other day, or maybe it was a, he just went off the wall. But, I mean, guys are blasting the ball all over the park. It's just crazy. And and it's speaking of records, we keep setting records. Well, this is the most home runs ever. Dodgers hit the most home runs they've ever hit in June. I mean, it's just getting insane. I was asking the other day, like, are we going to look back at baseball and say, Kind of how we did in the steroid era, just like, oh, maybe we should have had a a more real conversation about this. Part of the thing is that nobody's ashamed to strike out anymore. Everybody's uppercutting and launch angle is everything. And if you don't move the runners over, nobody seems to care. It's just the strikeout is the worst possible result of an at bat and nobody cares about that anymore. Well, you know, we got to blame the shift. Right, that's the new. That's the new. <laughs> yeah. So you, Darvish, in the in the shift. Those are the things I blame for baseball right now. Yeah, we can wrap our heads around that. Yep. All right, thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. All right. Um, I want to go into a story. I actually just texted a buddy of mine to see. I just thought about the fact that he is the uh, sports director at WUSA, which is in D.C., and he's been covering uh, this Maryland story with the players, of course, who are now speaking out. Some are actually speaking out in favor 
of their coach, head coach there. Um, they're defending DJ Durkin. And it's, it's kind of a split right now. So we've had some players, of course, address what has happened. Uh, and they're saying that, yes, we have a, a situation where it's scary. Some guys are getting meals smacked out of their hands. Some guys are being forced to eat candy bars. Yes, this has happened. Some guys have actually gone on camera to say, hey, this has happened. And then now you have some players who are coming out saying it's, you know, it's not as bad as they're making it. It's not as toxic as they're making it. Some guys may be just saying that because they're upset with the coach because they're not getting proper playing time. Uh, one thing I do know for sure is that what is alleged that has happened is not far-fetched in college football. You played, you would know. Um, that's the idea that coaches would yell at you that you need to lose weight, that they would yell at you and force you to eat. Uh, to gain weight, that's not far-fetched at all. I think that happens all the time. They force the, the fact that you're injured, and in real life, you would definitely not do anything else in the world. But in football, you better go play. And there's there's reports of guys playing with broken bones and whatnot. I mean, so what? how can you then, if you were a university, say, well, half the players or maybe most of the players seem to not have a problem with it or saying it's not toxic on the flip side, we have some players who are saying it, 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 it is an issue, and obviously you have Jordan McNair, the lineman, who died of heat exhaustion. So where do you draw the line? I think you have to draw the line, and some of it is, is common sense. You can't have, like, here's the deal. Parents entrust their young kids, their young sons and daughters to the coaching staff, and they expect that, look, you're going to teach them how to be better young people by – going through whatever they experience on the athletic fields together. And what you're having, we'll use Maryland as the example, some of the stuff that is doing, like back in the day you could do that. But now we're at a different time. We're at a different time and a different place when it comes to the way that you talk to young people, the way that you uh, raise and coach young people. We no longer can have this bullying mentality. And I think some of the stuff that they talk about in Maryland, when you have guys being forced to watch their teammates work out while eating a, a candy bar because they're currently overweight as punishment. Some of that stuff is embarrassing, but it is borderline bullying behavior. Yeah. And you can't condone that. And so if you're the University of Maryland, you can't have the guy who is the head of your program, DJ Durkin, cast a blind eye towards that because in all football programs, everyone will tell you the strength and conditioning coach is the most important coach because he is with the players the most. And so if he is setting the tone with that kind of behavior, it kind of is – it permeates throughout the entire program. So he is responsible for kind of setting the table for what has taken place there. And I also feel like some of these players who are coming out and backing him – again, not, not everybody's going to hate him and not everybody's going to even hate mm -hmm. the strength and conditioning coach because – a, they're either accustomed to it, that's the way I know yes. to be coached, that's yes. how I've been coached my whole life, or, look, I've already built up you know, some some equity with these coaches. These coaches, I don't want to bring in a new guy, and all of a sudden I'm in the back of the line again. So I'm already, he trusts me a bit, I'm going to roll with this thing here, <laughs> I got one more year, and, and I'm out of here. Seriously, you know, because... Well, there is some of that. If you bring in a new guy, and I have to earn his trust, and I have to start all over, I have no time for that. Um but I think absolutely you mentioned a term, and uh, bullying. And I know that it's funny because that doesn't go with football, right? Because you're supposed to be tough, play through injuries, play through this, do all that. But these coaches are bullying. And I think what we've learned is you can have success in any realm, but if we're talking about football, without being bullying or being an old school coach, if you will, where they say, 
Like, we've seen that. I think Tony Dungy, we've seen him have success with the Bucks, and then he goes on and has success with the Colts and wins the Super Bowl. Like, you don't have to be, I cuss you out, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's all I do. I cuss you out at every chance I can. I'm hard on you. I'm grabbing guys. I'm, I'm Bobby Knighting guys. You know, <laughs> I'm throwing right. chairs. Like, what? you don't have to be like that. No. And it's funny because in our minds, football, that, that that's the way it has to be. And, and like it's almost not football if it isn't. But at some point, every other walk of life has adapted. Yes, evolved. Every other walk of life has evolved. We've changed. It's like, oh, we don't have to do it this way. We can improve. Um, and I'm wondering again. Now, this is not an indictment on all college football and off college football coaches, but I do think this this style still permeates in it. And I think at some point, coaches are going to need to realize this is this is I don't. It doesn't have to be this way. I don't have to. If a kid is telling me. These kids got here by playing hard, by working hard, by being gifted, right? Mm-hmm. And if a kid says, Coach, yo, I need one, he's not just saying that because he wants to hang out on the sideline. He's saying, I need one, and that's how you have an instance where, again, where this lineman has passed away. And I, I mean, I guess that you need to have a, a bestow a little bit of trust in these players with that. Am I wrong? You played college football. and Am I wrong? Will this never change because this is just the way football is? Buck is going to answer on the other side. Fox Sports Radio. Hey, these, these mics are hot. These mics are hot. <laughs> oh, man. All right. One more time for us, Bucky Brooks. Kelvin Washington hanging out with you on a Sunday. Hopefully it's been a great one for you so far. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All right. So, Bucky, real quick. We were talking about this Maryland Terrips uh, issue going on right now where they have a lineman who's died and they have a coach who is um, could be fired here soon, you never know, mm-hmm. and also a strength and conditioning coach as well. Um, some players have come out and actually spoken on camera and actually said, hey, these some of these things that have been reported have happened. Now you have reports, some of the players are saying, no, it's, it's exaggerated, uh, it's not as toxic as some players are making it. And joining us now is a friend of mine, and he is a sports director, WUSA 9, there in D.C., and uh, he was all over this. In fact, some of the players have been on camera with him. is Darren Haynes. Um, Darren, man, we only got you for a few minutes. Thank you for joining us. Help us break down kind of the, the feel in the, in the school right now. Is this something where it's going to blow over? Is this something where more heads are going to roll? Well, one thing's for sure. First of all, thanks for having me on the show, but it's definitely not going to just blow over. I mean, this is a really, really big deal. You had a guy who died in Jordan McNair under head coach DJ Durkin. Um, Now, here's the thing about it is the school, they started their investigation. They've already parted ways with the strength and conditioning coach. Now, DJ Durkin, he's on paid administrative leave, and I was speaking to a lot of these players, which absolutely surprised me they they wanted to speak about dj dirk and they wanted to defend him and what they did confirm with me is a lot of those reports as far as in did they belittle some particular players where there's some players who were fed uh to the point of vomiting um those things actually happened they they confirmed those particular things and when i was talking to one of the players i was i asked him i was like is this a head coach dj durkin thing or is this a strength and conditioning coach thing and he told me this is a strength and conditioning coach thing, and that's another reason why these players are defending DJ Durkin. A lot of people like DJ like DJ Durkin as a head coach. Some of the players on the team told me that, and, and that's why they wanted to go on camera to speak about him because it's not DJ Durkin. The issue is is DJ Durkin is the head man. He's the guy who brought in the strength and conditioning coach who they parted ways with. Now uh, uh, he wasn't fired, but uh, he resigned. 
it's it's under DJ Dirk, and so he's responsible for a lot of the people who are under his umbrella. And I went on camera about this before. I believe that DJ Durkin has to go, and the reason why is I, I played college ball back in my days, and if I was a recruit, would I want to go to the University of Maryland with this dark cloud or a head coach where a player died under him, and then this whole report of the culture being toxic? I don't think so. So the only thing I can think of is you have one at least one sacrificial lamb, and that's going to be head coach DJ Durkin. But I will say this, though. The players, for some reason, don't believe – well, not for some reason. They don't believe that culture is toxic. They believe, yes, some stuff has been a little too much, but that's a strength conditioning coach thing, not head coach DJ Durkin. Yeah, but as a parent, how do you separate the strength coach from the head coach when we all know that the head coach kind of sets the standard for how the program is going to be run? Well, that's that's a good question, and and that's where I get on the you really can't separate them. They're kind of all tied together, and and that's kind of going to be something that's going to fall on head coach DJ Durkin. When I was speaking to one of the players on Friday, he was telling me he was just like, all these reports are coming out there saying DJ Durkin is a bad guy because of these particular reports, and, and that's not true. The issue is is that's under DJ Durkin, so it's, if, if one guy under him gets in trouble or does something wrong, he's responsible for it. We've seen this in, in other programs before. Um, I mean, we can talk about Louisville basketball. We can... <laughs> We can talk about uh, other just di- different assistants who have done things under a particular program, but the head coach got penalized for it. Well, uh, quickly, we only have uh, another minute or so. Uh, answer me this, then. Uh, is what, from your experience from playing and obviously reporting and all these things that you've done over the years, is this the norm and or will it change? So if this is the norm in college football where, you know, suck it up, be a man, take this, is it ever going to change? I believe after this, yeah, some things are going to change. Like, I had 110-year sprint at the time. That's what, you know, Jordan McNair ended up ultimately dying from. I had to run those myself. Um, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's going to change, where they're just going to have to hope these players come in in shape rather than going through this running test. Um, But a lot of stuff will change as far as in the culture, the atmosphere, what we're normally used to, where you say, get your A off the ground. It may not be cursing anymore. It's going to be a totally different approach. Um, but time will tell when that would happen. But usually when something bad happens like this, there's some rules that are put in place so it doesn't happen again. Hey, Darren, man, we appreciate you last minute hopping on with this. Uh, go ahead and enjoy the the rest of your weekend, brother. Thank you. I'm going to work, man. I'm going to work. Oh, that's what I said. Go to work, man. Go to work. Yeah, that's what I said. All right. Darren Haynes there. Again, sports director, WUSA 9 in D.C. We appreciate him joining us. Um, we only got a few seconds here, man, but I actually disagree with Darren. And I agree with um, there's going to be a change immediately because, mm-hmm. you know, that, that way you can cover your butt and all that. But I don't think there will be a drastic change. I kind of feel like that's just the way we like our college football. If rough, tough, take it. You know, and again, we talked about it earlier, military style. Just take your orders. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It's a new time. Me Too movement, all the other movements that are going on, you have to begin to treat your student athletes humanely. We may see a change, and this may start with Maryland. All right, man. Uh, I see Mark Willard over there getting ready to come in. Mark, man, I'm getting ready to go uh, get my golf on, man. I need you to type my swing up. I only got to go like in a couple hours. Mark Willard up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 